Mark, you don't, <laughs> you don't enjoy a joke about a fistulated cow? We're not talking about it. Hello, Internet, and welcome to the A to Z Horror Cast. This is the Creative Battalion Podcast, brought to you by us over at adzhorror.com. I'm Jack, and sitting across from me is Jake. Okay, here we go. This is going to be gnarly. <laughs> and sitting next to Jake is another K-I-C-K-E-R. It's Mark. Hello. Boys, we're back. We're back on the regular schedule. We had that week where we did a repost, then we had the omnibus disaster that just came out yesterday as we're recording this. I thought it, it was, was a long time to edit that one. Yep. It's been weeks. Um, it has <laughs> been. It's been weeks, but we're back. We're back in the groove. We are out of practice. And I can't I am not that enough. in the groove. I am not in the groove. I'm still in the just post-holiday period. You get into a weird holiday thing. Yeah, you sure do. Where you don't know what day it is. doesn't matter. Yeah. You don't know what time it is. That doesn't matter either. It's either light or dark, and you're either drinking or you're not. That's really <laughs> that's, all that matters. Oh, that's all you know. Yeah. Uh, I'm barely over that hump, so it's going to take, like, I don't know, a month probably. Okay, good. To get back good. in the swing of things. Around July, Solid. we'll hit our stride. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For those of you unfamiliar with our Crackjack operation, or who only listened to last week's episode, we watch and review one horror movie a week, and then we get drunk and argue about it. Uh, this week we watched 2009's Jennifer's Body, which was a Jack pick and also sort of a Mark pick. Uh, yeah, would have been. Yeah, and we will dive into that real soon, and when we do, we're going to spoil the absolute nonsense out of it. And hey, if you like the show and want to support what we do, you can head on over to patreon.com slash A to Z horror, A-T-O-Z horror, support the show at your level of choosing, and get some perks for your troubles. Uh, if you can't swing that, though, or just don't feel like it now, we do just appreciate you being here, hanging out with us. But now it's time to do the getting drunk part. So on that score, let's do beers for fears. Hey, Mark. Yes. What are your beers for these fears? What are you drinking for Jennifer's body? Uh, I don't know if you guys agree with me or not. This was kind of a tough one for me. Um, and I, I went with one that I think more perfectly encapsulates the essence of this movie than something that is like a direct pun, which is sort of what we usually do. Okay. Um, I don't like being pigeonholed into your situation there. Well, I mean, whatever, man. You go next. You can defend your own situation. But I'm <laughs> drinking I'm drinking a White Claw hard seltzer. Uh, it's It just seems like... This is the type of drink that I feel like the the vampiric Jennifer would drink. I feel like that's stereotyping of you. She goes to a dive oh, bar. Oh yeah, and I'm gets... sorry to talk about stereotypes in a movie called Jennifer's Body. That is the movie <laughs> that we just watched. Uh, yeah, she does get. I can't imagine those American flag shooters are. are oh my god! Anything the but nine, all the way sweet. The nine eleven thing. Yeah. Yikes. <laughs> Yeah. All I'm saying is that if they had White Claw at the time that this movie was made, there probably would have been some White Claw in people's hands for most of the movie. Hey, there ain't no laws when you're drinking claws, Mark. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, sure. Is that a claw? I've never heard that before. You've never heard that before? It's no. good. Oh, man. Makes sense. Sounds like something a bro would say. We got our buddy Hunter a shirt that says that. Oh, Jesus. He drinks okay. pretty much exclusively White Claws these days. Hey, I mean, seems like a good pretty light. They're refreshing. They're crisp. Jake, how about you? What are your beers for these fears? Wait, hold on. I agree. Real quick, this is... for the record, I'm drinking oh black God. cherry. That's I... not my favorite, but it is one. <laughs> I, none of them are my favorite. I'll put it. I'll put that. I don't know. What I don't know. What I'm saying this is the first one I've ever had. Really? Yeah. I try and avoid it, but give it a score on a scale of one to ten. I, I like them. For I the don't record, hate it. That's actually quite nice. You can cruise through a dozen of those before you know what happened. Yeah, that's, it's true. Yeah, I could drink a I'm lot look... of this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what I'm looking to do these days. Oh, my God. Okay, I have two here. I agree. It was a hard movie to beer. 
The first is Lagunitas, little something something. This is a movie called Jennifer's Body, where Megan Fox uses her exceedingly feminine attractive wiles. feminine wi- feminine wiles to lure uh, douchebaggy boys to their deaths. And then I got one by uh, which one? Is, what brewery is this? Snake River. <laughs> I always get it mixed up. You were just talking about it because it's the, it's they're okay, off air. Whatever. That's an off air thing. <laughs> anyway, this is a Snake River Brewing beer. It's called Jenny Lake Lager. Jennifer's Body, Jenny, Jenny Lake. There's a scene with a lake. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, there's, it's kind of a falls sort of situation. More to come on that later. No, I'm surprised a scene with a legit lake. What are you talking about? Oh, uh, yeah, I guess there is. There's lake and there's falls and there's a Mel's Hole in the town. There's that's a lot of mean, stuff. You know, that's what happens in northern Minnesota. When you guys were talking about how hard a movie this was to beer, I'm surprised neither of you guys brought up that, like, yesterday I put in the chat, I was just asking a series okay. of important <laughs> business questions, and then, like, third of four was also, what in the fuck beer am I supposed to right. get for this movie? Jesus. Yeah. I considered looking for one by a brewery that you're about to tell us about, but I couldn't find it. Okay. Well, I am getting a, uh, I'm drinking a, Jake, I believe the brewery to which you're referring is Sockeye. Uh, brewery here in Boise, and I'm guessing you were looking for a hell diver. I was actually looking. No, no, I that's wasn't. what I got. Shit. That's, that's why. Spoiler! Hey! Spoiler! <laughs> you got a hell diver. Tell me about why you got the hell diver and why it's perfect fit, and that's why it fucked up your brain and you stumbled. Yeah, well, it is a good fit. His brain this was is a movie. Up. Yeah, true. <laughs> this is a movie about diving to hell. There's a bottomless hole to hell into which I believe she's thrown and comes out a succubus. And then also she dives into a gross pool at the end of it while she's a hell demon. So multiple instances of hell diving. I also have a two-town cider house, the Bad Apple, because Megan Fox in this movie, Jennifer, Jennifer Heck or something, Jennifer Check, is just kind of a bad apple. She starts the movie as just like an asshole and ends the movie as a murderous asshole. But at no point is she not just an asshole. So she's just a bad apple. Yeah. And then gets possessed by a demon. I don't know if she's specifically a bad apple at the beginning of the movie. She's a selfish jerk who won't let her friend wear things because cleavage is her thing. Oh, that's a good point. That does happen before she goes. She's always been a selfish jerk. That's like the whole thing at the end. Yeah. Yeah. And there's there's all the jokes about how, like, Jennifer's a monster. And he's like, I know. And she's like, no, no, no. Like, literally. (laughs) I mean, okay. I have been proven wrong. I apologize. I didn't actually watch this movie. How dare you, Mark? <laughs> so, Jake, why don't you tell us about the sockeye beer you were trying to get? Uh, there's one that they have that's a seasonal uh, that's called Devil's Tooth. I think it's uh, barley wine. Okay. Must be post-barley wine season now that we have January 1st. I don't know. It's but never not barley wine season. I was going to go with the fact that... <laughs> Mark and I did exactly opposite jokes there. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> I was just going to go with the fact that they're in Devil's Kettle, which is this fictitious place, sort of, in northern Minnesota. More to come on that. Uh, but then she also uses teeth for a lot of her eviscerations, so it seemed like the right fit, but they didn't have it. I think it, well, something, I, think it, something. I think it only would have worked had you drunk it out of a tea kettle. It would have been good. Yeah, That would have been nice. I would have thought about that yeah. if yeah. I had found the beer. Yeah. I didn't do that, though. In well, any case, this was a hard movie to beer, and we all did something. Anyway. <laughs> we all certainly so. tried. <laughs> the patrons over at patreon.com slash get to vote on who did the worst job. I'm sure they'll pick me again, despite me having done an objectively great job. I, I doubt that's true. <laughs> and ordinarily on the podcast, this is where we talk about what else has been rocking our horror world. But as we record this, it's like the third of the month, I think. Shit. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, so it's time to do the horror release roundup. This is a segment where we are going to round up all the movies we can come out find coming out in the horror world over the course of the next month. This one being January of 2020, the first month of the new decade. And uh, over at the website, agencyhorror.com with a hyphen, uh, we will kick you the complete list, a little blurb about all of them, a link to the trailers, all that good stuff. But here on the podcast, we're just going to talk to you about a top one, a bottom one, and a dark horse 
pick. Does anybody have a burning desire to start or somewhere to start? Let's go bottom, bottom up. Yeah. Bottom Woo! one. Okay, yeah. Okay, Mark. What's your bottom one pick for January of 2020? Uh, my bottom one for January is actually a movie that's coming out in December. <laughs> Whoops. That's why, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah, partially because it doesn't fit the criteria, but we're still putting it on a list. And partially because it doesn't look very good. I'm picking Into the Dark, uh, their entry for January, which is a movie called Midnight Kiss. This is that Hulu episodic series produced by Blumhouse. Um, so this is this follows a group of homosexual gentlemen who appear to be in some type of love triangle like two of them are a couple but then there's a third one who used to be dating one of them and there's sort of drama uh and then it turns into a slasher film and part of me is like okay cool there should be some representation of homosexual people in horror that's fine but the way they do this is also like this is probably a step in the wrong direction so I don't know. I kind of went back and forth on it. I agree with you. The movie doesn't look good. I'll just I'll just get that out of the way right now. I'm not excited to see this movie. But there's a couple of things about it I did appreciate. One of which is that like none of these Into the Dark movies have been good. Some of them have been okay. And Hulu just keeps letting people make them and keeps putting them out. And I think that's neat, giving people a shot to direct cool things. Bonkers movies. Even I don't know, I don't know if I'd great. say none of them have been good. I know there have been a couple of good ones. Yeah. yeah. But none of them have been like stellar, I think. Um, and then Mark also, to your point, I think the representation thing is very good. Uh, more, you know, non-binary white people in the, in the movie. Um, and then they're but... hunted down by a man in a gimp mask. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I agree with your point about it being a step in the wrong direction though, just cause I think that this is also playing on like what we often see in slasher movies like this of promiscuous sluts i think that's a thing that the horror does to straight yeah. people as well so it's yeah like I, an inversion okay, i think I it reaches kind of a tough place because you have those two competing things and it makes it very difficult to understand what to think especially from a trailer but on top of that it just doesn't look like it's going to be the cream of the crop yeah, it doesn't look great sure i i hey i mean a verdict's still out like actually the movie's out so it's probably not still out <laughs> i should probably look into how it's doing jake what's your bottom one yeah, I I know we have the uncorked rule, but I went with the uncorked entry for the month. It just it it looks bad. This one's called what? Fallen Angels. Yeah, there are multiple actually uncorked. Angels Fallen. Sorry, they really <laughs> mixed it up there with the title. Okay, I went with that one. Then I actually forget what the other one is. You can fill me in. Uh, boy, oh boy, this looks uh like an uncorked film. It it really does not have anything going for it. I on top of that, there's. A decent amount of visual flair, which does not look good in this particular film. <laughs> it doesn't. And the acting in the trailer doesn't seem like it's doing its job either, so I just don't know what to look forward to Can here. I Can I tell you why I didn't pick this as my bottom one? Because it's a, the Uncorked Rule? No. Oh. No, honestly not. Uh, one, it kind of looks fun. The acting doesn't look great, but it does kind of look winking, and it looks fun enough, Ooh, I and didn't I get enjoy the that. I got I the, winking. Get the winking. Two, This looks action- like it's winking so hard it's going to injure itself. <laughs> Maybe that's the problem. That's a spectacle. Two, the action choreography looked surprisingly good in this, and I was interested to see that because that's Maybe a thing that's that is bread and butter. always terrible in horror movies, almost. So I'm very excited yeah. to to see that because it looked really good in the trailer, anyway. Yeah, so that's what saved it from the bottom one for me. But look, those effects looked rough. There was also one other choice this trailer made, which was there's a point where he tases what appears to just be a regular girl with a standard taser. Sure. And they like CG 
arcing electricity all over her body. What? They That's do how that? tasers work, dude. What a weird fucking... Style, man. They, it's like they were a step away from just like showing her skeleton black and white going inside out. <laughs> like Home Alone. <laughs> the hair standing on its end. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Uh, Michael Madsen's in this movie, though. That's an interesting thing. So is... The guy who played the low-level terrible mobster from Burn Notice, who bet on dogs and bought the injured dog. Something tells me Michael Madsen's the bigger name here. <laughs> well, I don't know that guy's name. Oh. So, and I've only well, ever seen him in Burn Notice great. and in a quarter second of this trailer. He's but the guy in the lab coat in this Burn, trailer. Oh, I, I see. Burn Notice Factor just eclipses everything, Hell right? yeah, Okay, man. I see. I see. Uh, either way, it's my bottom one. Okay. There's nothing I have okay. that... There's nothing it has that is intriguing to me whatsoever. <laughs> All right. Uh, I went a different direction than both of you, and I wonder if Good. this is going to be surprising to either of you. Maybe. What I picked. I picked the movie Color Out of Space. Yep. That's a weird pick. <laughs> Why is it a weird pick? Because this movie looks kind of awesome. <laughs> okay. okay. Tell me about why it doesn't look awesome then. Okay. And then we'll get to the awesome part. It has been a long, it's been a hot minute since I've seen a watchable Nick Cage movie. Did you watch Mandy? Uh, Mark did, and he said it was really boring. Uh, the audience was really split on it. I didn't like it. It was pretty slow, but people if really you, liked that movie. If you thought it was boring, I can, couldn't goddamn guarantee you I'm not going to like it. It was very boring. It was very visually stunning. And it wasn't, okay. I mean, it's not your typical Nick Cage movie. Yeah. He just, he just happened to be in it as the lead. Sure. Um, so that's not helping things. Also, the director is Richard Stanley. Yeah. And they said three different times in the trailer, it's the return of Richard yeah. Stanley, who has consistently directed, written, or produced a horror movie, like or just a movie, every three years since 1987. Yeah, the way they like, did that in the trailer makes you, as the viewer, have to look up what he's done, and maybe that's all they're going for. Maybe. Lies! He's done nothing good. <laughs> well, hey. I mean, he's famously one of, the, like, one of the last people to get kicked off the uh, Island of Dr. Moreau, the Brando version of the Dr. Yeah, the Moreau 90s in the 90s version. one. Yeah, um, And, like... Well, Nick he's Cage, returning from that. A famously easy actor to work with that's yeah. caused no onset drama. So yeah. I wonder why they got him. Like, it's yeah. so weird. So the fact that they're touting him so hard is questionable. It's a Lovecraft. It's it's directly based on a Lovecraft story yes. that I does not look like they adhered to whatsoever based on the trailer. <laughs> I don't like that. Um, just none of it looks interesting or good to me. It looks boring. I don't care for the director or Nick Cage. The visuals look stunning again. I mean, it's it, it looks like Mandy a little bit, and not just because it's purplish pink. Sure, sure. Who directed Mandy? Mandy Patinkin. That's, that's a bad joke. Panos Cosmatos directed Mandy, which that's a cool goddamn name, but I do not know who that is. Yeah, he doesn't have all that many other uh, credits to his name. He did Beyond the Black okay. Rainbow. But In any case, it was not it. Richard Stanley. So uh, that's my bottom one pick. It just does not look appealing to me on any level. Let's get less negative here. Let's go to Dark Horses. Let's let's go right into the middle of the curve here with Dark Horse picks. Mark, I gotta say, it's got a, you nervously excited. It's a pretty good month if you're picking Color Out of Space as the worst movie that's coming out in a month. I'm just going to say that. Yeah, there's a lot of this potential. This is here. a good month, by yes, the way. There is. It yeah. is. Uh, My Dark Horse is a movie called Snatchers, which I had not seen coming. Uh, this The first time I saw it was basically when I was putting it on this list. This is a movie about a girl who sleeps with someone and then becomes nine months pregnant the next day, somehow. Pretty great. And <laughs> gives birth to a demon baby. And it th it's a comedy. And you never really know what you're going to get with those sort of lower budget, lower production value horror comedies. 
there were scenes in the trailer that I thought were legitimately hilarious. Mm -hmm. And if they can maintain that tone, it's going to be an exceptionally solid movie. What I'm a little worried about, though, is that they blew their wad on the trailer and then the rest of it's going to be very, feel very forced. Yeah, I'm going to jump in here because I had the exact same pick from my Dark Horse. The trailer was legitimately hilarious. And it, like like you said, Mark, if they got the same comedic timing, the same performances, the same delivery, and the same just quality of jokes, there's some excellent writing in there, even down to visual gags, like the uh, like droopy, unhappy face on the pregnancy test. Like, There's a lot of really <laughs> funny shit in that trailer. The, the, um, the creative use of the blender? Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> great. I, I am a hair nervous about that, but it does look like it could be absolutely hilarious i will say that there's a joke in the trailer where she says uh her friend says you should have used a condom and then she says the condom wasn't the problem uh, i mean it certainly couldn't have hurt she did have intercourse and get pregnant no i think what? you misheard the joke here dude the, the joke was this is why you use a condom and her response was this is so not why you use a condom when they're talking about being hunted by a demon but i think i mean are we? I don't know that we know for sure that she wouldn't have become pregnant with an alien demon had she used a condom. I mean, this the, was the act of penetrative sex with a man sh- that caused seems to have caused it. Okay, effectually yes, but you don't use a condom to prevent yourself being attacked by demons. Usually, I might in the future. I mean, yeah, it's a I'm, bonus. I'm gonna it's an start. Bonus. <laughs> in this <laughs> instance, yes, maybe, maybe yes. Yeah, good, good talk. That's, thank, thank that's you enough. That's analysis. enough. To, that's enough to warrant using a condom. If it could have stopped it, you should absolutely use condoms for that purpose. What if it didn't stop it? Look, kids, just fucking use condoms, please. Yeah, well, it Jesus. wouldn't hurt. In any case, it would have been a yeah, good it idea. Wouldn't hurt. God, it can't hurt, Mark. Jake, what's Jake, your dark what's horse enough? pick? I, I went with feedback. Okay. I, I I was close to doing Color Out of Space just because it scares me a little bit, but I, the movie itself looks interesting as hell. And it seems a lot like Mandy, and Mandy was polarizing, but a lot of people really liked it. That, to me, seems like it's screaming Dark Horse anyway. Yeah. I, I went with feedback, though. This one went, it did a weird thing where I it felt like a run-of-the-mill home invasion, I'm air-quoting, using it loosely because it's not a home. There is a siege element to this uh, where you have some attackers come into a space, but then it quickly pivots into something that I wasn't really expecting. Not to say that it's going to be a different genre whatsoever, but it has a twist here and there that I'm not going to give away here. I would recommend going into it blind. Suffice to say, I think this one looks interesting enough to check out, and I didn't write this part, Mark did, but I, I think at bare minimum, this is going to be a competently made home invasion-esque movie. And it has the chance to do something that is going to be really cool. If it falls on its face when trying to do something, at least it tried to do something. So, again, that's the equation you want out of a dark horse. Yeah, I couldn't find anything wrong with this movie. It does look competently made. And when I watched the trailer, I was like, I don't know I don't know why I didn't like that more than I did. I couldn't pinpoint any reasons. It just didn't grab me. And those movies happen, dude. Yeah. Talk about one with Finn. I'll Wolfhard tell you, I'll out tell you the one thing it did wrong, and I'll t- this was probably my runner up for Dark Horse, but they seem to be stating that there's a radio station <laughs> like 45 floors up on this skyscraper, <laughs> and that is possibly yeah. the worst location for a radio station that you could come up with in a city. You have also, no access to broadcasting no, no. like antennae. Yeah. It's what city are rent. they in? What British city has a skyscraper that tall? I don't know, man. London? I couldn't figure that part out either. London town. London. Definitely not. I mean, it's not going to be anything else. 
Well, it has to be London. Shire. I think Dublin might have some skyscrapers. Liverpool. But they weren't. didn't sound like they were in Dublin. No, they weren't in Dublin. I don't know. Maybe they're in Dublin. Fuck. I, it really doesn't matter. They're in a skyscraper. skyscraper. It's basically Die Hard. <laughs> it's Die Hard. It's, yeah, it's Die Hard 7, whatever we're on Yeah, now. sure. Uh, Mark, since you brought up um, runners-up for the Dark Horse category, there was one I wanted to call out here called the Sonata. No. Which kind of looks like a period piece, mind-bending either some Lovecraftian imagery Ugh. in there. Ugh. And just low-budget period piece with Lovecraftian, Lovecraftian imagery. This has all the hallmarks of a classic my wife fell asleep, but there's still half a bottle of wine left. Kind of a movie. I'm probably going <laughs> to so, throw this on. So of all the movies coming out this month, this is the one Jack's going to watch. Probably. God damn it. So I guess the question here is, are you putting on the period piece so that if she wakes up, she's not as mad at you for putting on a horror movie? Oh, no, definitely not. She wouldn't be. She used like it's not like she fell asleep on the couch. I'm just saying like she went to bed and we were having a bottle of wine. And there's half a bottle of wine left. And I'm like just a little bit tipsy. There's a certain kind of movie that calls to me at that point, And it's you're these a period weird, piece kind of guy. Probably huh? period, probably bad period pieces that are mind bendy. And God, yeah. so I don't how know why. How, I just do you, how do you feel about the turning then? That's a period piece. It, it, it looks pretty good. I don't understand why they got so mad at him for killing that fish. I know, he's just putting it out of his misery. Of his That's face. the objectively right move. Price face. Just unless on it. he invented, unless she invented like a cannulated fish that's supposed to have a hole in its side. What? That was a weird this is, joke. This is not worth talking about. <laughs> Guaranteed. <laughs> All right, let's move on to top ones. Mark, what's your top one pick? <laughs> I don't know. I forgot because of that weird joke. I, I gave it what? to extracurricular. Mark, you don't, <laughs> you don't enjoy a joke about a fistulated cow? We're not talking about it. <laughs> Uh, I gave it to Extracurricular, which is another Thank one that you. I had not seen coming. This is a bunch Woman. of like high schoolers, or maybe one specific high schooler, who excels and is a good student, but also kills people in his spare time, uh, orchestrates their elaborate accidental murders. Um, yeah. And he's being hunted by Timothy Simons or Simmons. I don't know how to say his last name. Jonah from Veep, who's the who's the uh, police officer. This thing has a hell of a cast. It it really yes. has a phenomenal cast. And I I mean, it, I was just a pleasant surprise when I opened up the trailer and found this thing. I kind of love the uh, high school slasher hijinks type shit that you get from movies like Thorough Pe- Thoroughbreds and um, what was the what was the movie with the two girls in it? Murder Girls, something like that. Whatever. We Suicide Girls? It. Suicide. Was that it? I don't remember. Yeah. Tragedy no. Girls. Tragedy, Tragedy Girls. Girls. There it is. Yeah. We got there. We got there. We did it. <laughs> uh, this looks like Tragedy Girls 2.0. I like that movie. I think I might like this movie even more. Nice. I'll also say, second instance of a Burn Notice minor character showing up, the guy who drives the Humvee is uh, the guest star in an episode of Burn Notice. Oh, my God. I mean, that that show was on the air for like nine seasons. There were a lot of guest stars. Hell, yeah, there were. I fucking love that show. Can we just review Burn Notice episodes for like the next year? We definitely should. A to Z Burn Notice. (laughs) Some of those aren't at all horror-y, but we'll get there. Mark, you bought me that giant shoehorn. I got to use it for something. Exactly. I I am noticing that neither of you are drinking out of boots, which I have a problem with, but whatever. We can talk about that. Oh, yeah. I don't know where mine is. They are on like my fancy Stein and whiskey glass shelf downstairs. Hmm. Cool. They're for specific occasions, Mark. Jake, what is your top one? Hi, underwater is my top one. Okay. Ah, uh, I hope it's move. good. I can't. I can't pick against it though because I underwater deep sea things scare me. I'll tell you what matters about this movie: how good the director of photography was. 
Okay. Because if this movie is shot in a way that, like, the visual storytelling and, like, what language of cinema can explain to you that, like, you should feel claustrophobic, if the camera work makes you feel claustrophobic and yep. trapped, it's going to be fantastic. Otherwise, it's going to be like one of those boat movies that looks like it's shot in a soundstage. You're not going to feel anything. Uh, like, yeah, it is going to be super important. Their yeah. ability to make you feel like you are however many goddamn thousand of feet there below. Now, I'll say the trailer looks like it succeeds. Yeah, it looks pretty good. Yep. The cast is good. Cast is good. And I guess we're we're okay. TJ Miller's back on the not you're not supposed to watch him, I don't think. It's not that bad with TJ Miller. I, he waffles back and forth between whether or not I understand if he's problematic. I, I mean don't he's definitely anymore. problematic. He called in a fake bomb threat on a train one time for unclear reasons. Wait, really? But, yeah. HUD did? Oh yeah. Oh. Yeah. See, I like being blissfully unaware sometimes. That was like four <laughs> years ago. Yeah. And I mean if we're talking about crime celebrities committed, that's Near the it's bottom. not that bad, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, don't commit faux acts of it's terrorism not, if we're going to make recommendations. But it's not good. Yeah. Can can. Uh, In any case, it does look good. I'm well, sorry, it does look good. Phobia, like submechanophobia. I like Kristen Stewart. Kristen I don't know what's going to be out there. Yeah. I don't know in what world they're able to like put on some sort of a suit that will allow them to walk outside in that depth. But hey. So whatever. the trick, the trick is you inhale heavily oxygenated fluid. And then you sure. can just do whatever the hell you want. Sure. <laughs> sure. Super oxygen um, fluid. Yeah. I'm pretty anybody, good. Anybody else remember Abyss? That was a fun movie. Yeah, it was fun. I'm pretty good about like being able to ignore the science-y stuff, and I feel like that might be important for this one. So I am going to be the guy. This Fair needs enough. a top one. I'll, Look, I'll it looks good. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna, it's going. And to be good. one of your resolutions was to see more movies in theaters. You want to go to this in theaters? Yeah, I do. Some I want to go to a lot of movie theaters. Let's do it. <laughs> I don't want to go to a lot of movies. I want to go to a lot of movie theaters. Yeah, that came out way wrong. <laughs> I just, just want to go around movie. I theaters. just want to go to the theater. <laughs> I want to play the arcade games that are in the lobby. Jesus, God Christ. damn it! I don't know what you said, Jack, but sure. <laughs> All right, so I went a different direction again. Uh, I picked I, the thing I'm most excited about this month isn't a movie, so I don't think it counts. Dracula, the TV show. Oh yeah, the BBC what? limited series. God. Jake, now you put this seems really melodramatic in your review. Yeah. Are you aware of like the pedigree behind this? Yes. Okay. Because neither I mean, Sherlock enough. nor the Stephen Moffat Helms Doctor Who were like melodramatic in any way, shape, this or looks, form. This looks does it's not looked melodramatic. It doesn't. It looks, this looks melodramatic and fun. Ew. It's gonna be <laughs> melodramatic, dude. Also, the Stephen Moffat Helms Doctor Who seasons have an underappreciated aspect of horror to them. There are several episodes that are pure horror. Uh, that are really fucking cool, and he does so, a really good job with that and understands it. So this to me sounds like a top one based on trust through pedigree. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, okay. I, I definitely trust. And the other guy with him is I can't remember his name, but they're they're a team that works really well together, writing, directing, show show producing team. Also, the thing that you're not you're not um, allowing for here is that you get like plus two or three melodrama points just for having a British accent. Okay, like, okay. Like start okay. at three. But I also didn't and then get an any additional melod- point for being on BBC. <laughs> so four, starting at four, and then I got some melodrama. I didn't get any melodrama from it. I got like funny quips and. Mark, did you get winks. any melodrama from it? There's some zhuzh of melodrama. I feel like you have to have melodrama in a Dracula story. Like that's kind yeah. of woven into the character. I mean, maybe also it's just like after seeing Boom Stroker, it's like you, <laughs> it's over. It's over. It's over. <laughs> There's always going to be melodrama. <laughs> so that's what I. That's the non-movie I picked. That's what I'm most excited about. Yeah. The movie I picked. I think I intellectually understand it's not going to be the best movie of this month, but it's by far the best trailer. So I had to give it props for that. I picked Inner Ghosts, okay, which is a possession movie. Oh, and I have very, an interjection very to make here. Interesting uh, trailer. This is the other uncorked movie. Damn. But this this is how you fucking make a trailer. It's 
like quick cuts and energetic without being frenetic and chaos and just nonsense. Yeah. It's showing you enough stuff to get a general vibe but still remain a mystery and not giving anything away about the movie. Yeah. It's showing you brief glimpses of really cool practical effects, yep. both in monsters and in like gore. And then it gets out before it overstays its welcome. This is like a near perfect trailer. And it's also I gotta say it does one of the most creative things I've seen in a trailer in a long time. Maybe not most creative, but like I'm just surprised that it hasn't been done more. Where so you have that summary card that comes in at the end that gives you like all the people who starred and directed in and all and all the release information, and then they cut back away from it to a scene and then cut back to it and then cut back and they do this like weird jump cut thing to and from it while doing some creative uh, audio editing. I thought that was inspired. As it's far a as trailer great production trailer, goes. so I had to give it to this one because that maybe, trailer made it look fucking fantastic. Maybe it's Uncork's next life changer, dude. I hope so, man. Me too. It looks great. So yeah, that's what that, I, I didn't know that was Uncork. That one intrigued me as well. Yeah, yeah, looks great. Low budget, good practical effects. You got me. I like it. Yeah, has to be time to go to the feature presentation. Mayhaps seems like it. <laughs> Over at ADCHorror.com this week, we watched 2009's Jennifer's Body, uh, which was a Jack pick. And also, Mark, you were going to pick this too. Why were we both going to pick this? It was literally and- number one on my list. Um, I don't know. I think we just had the same earworm. I, I it was why. Chelsea Stardust. Yeah. Uh, no, I feel like Mark might have been a little bit of that, but then both he and I at the end of the year watched a movie with Adam Brody in it. Oh, okay. So That's right. That yeah. might have had something to do with it. Did it, Mark? Did it? <laughs> I think there were a lot of cascading things ah. that created sort of like a Bader Meinhof, where it was just like, hey, you know what? I've never it's actually time. seen this movie. I don't know a lot about this movie. I should watch the universe this movie. told us it's time. Yeah, so we did it. But either way, Chelsea started Souls. This is one of the movies that she likes the best. That inspired sure. her to get sure. into like filmmaking like this. So that's yeah. fantastic. I I was really excited to pick it, Mark. I was glad to hear you were excited to pick it too, Mark. You'd never seen it before, Jake. Had you seen it before? No. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And this I'd wasn't seen it before. Like, this, sorry, this wasn't like uh, I hadn't seen it before. This was a I avoided this thing as a matter of principle because I didn't know what it was. Uh, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> yeah, okay, we we will. But this I is a very strange this, release. I watched yeah. this with uh, our friend Crispy in college, and we got <laughs> real loaded, and then I wanted to watch a movie with pretty lady Megan Fox kissing another pretty lady. Was this or was this not part of a double feature with Bigford Smeckler's Cool Ideas? You know what it might have actually been? <laughs> I try, I, the nights are all blending together, but that's distinctly possible. If not I Megan likely. Fox, I liked Olivia Wilde. It's all good. Was it double featured with All the Boys Love Mandy Lane? Ooh. Definitely not. That one came no. later. How much later? What year? Well, that was a 2006 movie, but me watching that came later. Oh, I see. I thought that was his favorite movie. It, it's one of his favorite movies. I think A Night's Tale is his favorite movie. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> So this is a strange human. I was waiting for one of you guys to fucking throw to me about how I have to do a 30-second plot synopsis, but you weren't doing it, so I just kept talking about Crispy. Somebody throw to me. We need a transition hey, here. Yeah, Jake. Do you want to do a 30-second plot synopsis for the film, Jennifer's I, Body? I do, and I appreciate Fox? the natural transition. You're welcome. Yeah. That's what I strive for. <laughs> it flows for. like water. <laughs> it's like Tai Chi in podcast form. <laughs> yep. Hey, Jack. Do you 30 wanna... seconds are on the goddamn clock, and it's going to start when you start. <laughs> Leave all of that dead area where I'm just waiting for you to start and not realizing that you need that verbal cue, that specific well, I don't verbal, need the cue. verbal cue. But we got, we might have new listeners, man. You need it. You, oh, so we've got to, we got to win those awards. You got, you got to explain over. the segment, maybe. 
So, listener, this is the part where Jack's going to talk for oh, 30 Jesus seconds. Oh, Jesus Christ. And he's going to do a really bad job. <laughs> this is part terrible. Where Jack's going to hard oh panic, talk God. for six seconds, stutter a bunch, and then wait for the timer to go off. Okay, so Jack, not Jake. Mark can't say our names. Fucking hell. Go. <laughs> a girl named Needy's in an insane, or in a, a, what, psychiatric hospital. She's talking about how terrible she is, but she wasn't always that way. Cut back to her in high school. She's like the innocent girl. She's friends with Megan Fox, who sucks and is mean to her, but they've been best <laughs> friends forever. Uh, they go out to a bar to see a band. Uh, the bar burns down and kills a bunch of people. The band takes Jennifer, Megan Fox, uh, to the woods, and then Jennifer Fox Jennifer Fox comes back to Needy's house covered in blood. Turns out she's a demon. She kills people one by one. Then she infects Needy, Time. and Needy kills her. And Yeah, okay. Then, you can continue talking about Jennifer Fox for as long then, as you like. Then but. Needy breaks out of prison using her demon powers she got for some reason. And then what? That's it. She, she just breaks out of prison? She kills the band in the end credits. There you go. 45 seconds. <laughs> okay. First Happy off, New you Year. said time before Mark said 30 seconds. But so I call shenanigans on the timing here. Mark and I it don't threw press, me off. If you hadn't thrown me problem. off, I would have used that last second problem. perfectly. And I'm I would have sure. gotten everything in that last second. But you threw my you threw me off my stride. Yeah. And I don't appreciate it. Here's the problem. There's a delay from what I see from you guys. And then there's a delay from what you see from me. So when I hit start, when you start, when I hear you start, that's like an extra second whole second of delay from what you that see my timer being doubly helpful that you hold your phone up to the fucking camera so i could see the timer on it yeah it's like the basketball fans who count down the false shot clock so you're trying to screw with me okay i mean I yeah okay fair enough fair enough did i miss any major things mel's hole i missed mel's hole yeah that's not major they live in a town with mel's hole in it sort of <laughs> Does anybody know what I'm talking about when I say Mel's Hole? Yes. You guys? Yes. Oh, besides us. Yeah, well, then besides, no. <laughs> Do any of your list, these hold listeners. Hold on, your phone rings. <laughs> slide into Jack's listeners. DMs. Oh, shit. If you know what Mel's Hole is. Mel's Hole's great. I don't think I've talked about it enough on this podcast. Only like six or seven times, probably. I don't think anyone has talked about Mel's Hole. This is the part where we sl- splice in some Art Bell. I would splice it in. I've tried to do that before. Yeah. But that's like a seven-part episode. Each Yuck. one's like four hours long. I'm not. It's like insane how much they talked about Mel's You'll hole. You'll just link it. There'll be a companion piece <laughs> to this podcast about Mel's hole. <laughs> Fucking Mel's hole, man. We're going to okay. do like a House of Leaves-style documentary on, Ma- on Mel's hole where it's a podcast that's talking about a radio station that was on AM radio back in the day. Uh, I don't think you're thinking of House of Leaves. I am talking about House of Leaves in an abstract narrative structure kind of way where it's like a person writing about a piece of literature he found that, where a person was watching tapes to, discussing a thing he found that makes, about somebody's house. That sounds more like the uh, the book you recommended to me that I liked a whole bunch and now I've forgotten the name of. Headful of Ghosts? Mm-hmm. That's yes. just a wow. person blogging about their past. Whoa, spoilers. And blogging about a TV show spoilers. that happens. Writing about writing. Spoilers. Okay. In any case, let's talk about Jennifer's body, or Jennifer's Brody, well, as yeah. Jake's been saying in the chat. Jen's bod. Let's talk about that. Okay. Made me uncomfortable. I hated it. There, well, there's a lot of weird words. <laughs> there's a lot of shit to make you too. uncomfortable around this movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Can we start by going to our award-winning segment of what in the fuck subgenres of horror this film check film fits into? Uh, yeah, we can. Great. Possession. Go. Yep. Yeah. Comedy. Comedy, yeah, for sure. Comedy. Mark? I feel like high school should be a subgenre. 2020 
open your mind, new ideas, be open. <laughs> You're talking to yourself here? Yep. Okay. <laughs> He's really talking through his internal logic. He's talking himself out of berating you, Mark. <laughs> Which I appreciate. Yeah. I, th- I appreciate the effort that goes into not berating Yeah, I'm me. open. You know what? Add it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Fucking wow. New year, new Jake. Wow. Add it. So far, 100% of our episodes in 2020, we've added new sub-sub-genre. Sub, sub <laughs> Let's keep it up, bud. <laughs> we're going to get to 100 someday. I like it. I like it. If but I do feel there. like I feel I feel like the high schoolness is part and part like what this movie is. Yeah, I would have fought you more. To function correctly. If you hadn't made so much sense, I would have fought you more on adding that. <laughs> I would have fought you more if I couldn't have named at least ten other films right now that fit into this. <laughs> yeah, but a lot do. It makes sense. I, I was about ready to fight you, and then immediately, like vivid imagery from Cooties came into my head, and I was like, totally. Or all the boys love Mandy Lane. I mean, a or lot of faculty. movies. A, a, a lot of movies. I okay. should have picked all the boys love Mandy Lane. Yeah. Oh man. No, you should have picked this one. I'm happy to talk. I'm. I'm eh. Yeah. Well, we're gonna talk. We are going to talk about this. <laughs> Both stars smoking hot women. Uh, vampire. Can I throw a vampire out there too? I wouldn't hate it. Now, technically, the way it's described in the movie is a succubus. Vampire right. type genre succubus. Demonic possession. But, but this, is, this is a vampire. She she her. Gets her life fuel is is eating other people, drinking their blood from yeah, their neck. I, I, I buy it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's exactly what it is, yeah. and it's it's as the movie concludes, not solely men. So that would be a slight differentiation, but straight up vampire. Vampires? I'm trying to think if, if I can think what? of any instances of classic succubi eating women. Maybe I feel uh, like succubi the... famously swing both ways. The Do 1600s they? were pretty I mean, woke, that's famously Jake. Megan Fox's quote. Yeah. Um, you know what they say about vampires or succubi <laughs> or whatever it is we're talking about right now. Jesus I don't know. Christ. I lost track. It's a great joke. <laughs> I love it when you lose track in the middle of the joke. Are there any other subgenres? <laughs> no, I, li- I don't hate vampires. <laughs> I mean, vampire like sub subgenre succubus. Whatever. It's all good. High school. Uh, no, no, it's definitely more vampire than it is, like, religious, even though there's demons and stuff. It's not religious Yeah, it's at not all. a religious movie. No. Um, yeah, not bad. Nailed it. What does this movie do right? Let's just jump the fuck in. About time. Yeah. Uh, we should just start by mentioning the cast, because it's a hell of a cast, and it's a lot of people who were not famous yet. I totally like forgot J.K. Simmons was in this, even though he was definitely famous already. J.K. Simmons with a hook for a hand, no less. <laughs> <laughs> what a pull. You kind of you kind of just like jumped right into a different thing for me, but yeah. I loved it. I loved it too. That's why my good thing was just him existing in this movie. <laughs> I have a note here that says J.K. Simmons saying "Who's a cool dude and who's a hoe?" Yeah, rocks so hard. It, I love it. It's absolutely <laughs> yeah. He really amazing. nails. He really nails his character <laughs> almost exactly. It's, it's a great character. Chris Pratt is in this movie for like four seconds. Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, I didn't um, know that. I was very surprised. <laughs> You I got- knew two people in this movie because I knew what this was. <laughs> Amanda Seyfried and Megan Fox are the leads. Yep. You got Adam Brody as a smarmy weirdo. Chris Wait, Pratt's in there I for four seconds. I kind of his character. He's like a nice guy. He's I mean, not like a other weird, nice guy. Other like than he's not. Nice I mean, guy. he's not a nice guy at other all. Other than he's a sexual predator. Aside from that little aspect of his Oh, character. wait. Hold on. I thought Amanda Seyfried's friend was Adam Brody. No, Adam Brody is the leader, the lead singer. Oh yeah, that guy's that guy sucks. I, I rescind it. Mark, you were right about Adam Brody. I he mean, sucks. he has some charm, but he is still trying to 
ritualistically, ritualistically sacrifice a virgin so they can yeah, gain that, fame. He's a straight up sociopath. Yeah, I thought we were talking about Anna Seyfried's boyfriend, who's Johnny, also done Johnny a lot Simmons. Of Johnny Simmons. Yeah, okay, is, he did a great job. I don't yeah. know who the fuck that kid is. He kind of looks like Johnny Tsunami. He's a no, that he doesn't. Guy. <laughs> he really he, doesn't in I, many I, ways. I really feel like <laughs> not he nearly looks as familiar. And I couldn't play. I couldn't figure out why. I went. I did a deep dive on his IMDb, and he's like in stuff, but. Not in any roles that I recalled or recognized. So those are always those, dudes. those are always weird dives, right? Where you're like, I what is the thing he's in? And you, you look it up, and you're like, apparently oh, nothing. Everything or everything. Apparently, but apparently nothing is the weird one. Where usually, it's like nothing that I would have seen. Usually for me, it's like an episode of Law and Order SVU that my wife was Jesus watching at one point. Christ, <laughs> been in, dude. <laughs> law, I Law. Oh my god. If there's somebody I recognize and I don't know where from, it's. Probably an episode I of Law I cannot believe. I get berated for watching horror movies to relax, and then lovely fiance now is like, I gotta relax. I'm gonna throw on some Law & Order SVU, and it's like immediately intense shit about children being raped. I don't know how we haven't <laughs> talked about this before, but I often, when my wife goes to bed first, I'll often come into our bedroom, oh. which has a TV in it, and it's just like the the blue light filters on the TV, and she's asleep, but it's like SVU at a low volume, and I'm like, this is like intriguing and horrifying. I want to solve the mystery, and I'm horrified. I hate it. This is the worst thing to sleep to. I want to watch the SVU episode where they find somebody murdered in bed watching an SVU episode. <laughs> gone, gone full meta. Charlie Day was in SVU. SVUception. Yeah. We should get back to this movie. Yes, good Amy, cast. Amy Sedaris and Kyle Gallner are the other two I wanted to just throw out there. They have these like, kind of interesting cameo roles. Sure. Uh, Amy Sedaris is Amy Sedaris, but Kyle Gallner is a, another one of those like notable people who we've seen. He had a good run, right? Not a good run. He had a run right around this movie that was like the remake of Nightmare on Elm Street, and then I can't remember one other random horror movie. Um. Anyways, I was just excited to see him in something that was watchable. Yeah, and, and, and everybody does a fantastic job. We signaled that J.K. Simmons earlier, but they all play their roles really well. Even like down to Chris Pratt, even like the little mini roles are kind of charming and great. And I think another part of that is something else I liked about this movie a lot. Although I thought about maybe moving this to middle, but ultimately I think it's what the movie does right. The script, right? The writing of this movie. This is a very Diablo Cody movie, and she wrote it. And yeah. sometimes the slang is a little too much for me. It's too much. But I think Flat the out. writing overall is very good. If you exclude the like three or four instances of the slang being just way too much for me. No, I think it's, it's a, it is a well-written movie. Yeah. I, I, have, I have a separate gripe about that. The writing and the cinematography and the direction were all strengths Definitely. for this movie. Definitely. So, I, have, I have breaking news. What is that? Breaking news as of 2007. Um, <laughs> so, Kyle Gallner, the guy I was just talking about, I was I went back to his thing to see what that other movie was, and I can't find it, so I'm blowing right past it. But he has, in fact, also been on Law & Order Special Victims Unit. He's been on two different episodes playing two different people five years apart. Oh, that happens so much. <laughs> the, the woman who plays Casey Novak, the DA, who's in like 150 episodes, Played as a sexual predator two seasons before that on SVU. as like the villain what episode. Oh, They're man, like they should have turned, turned that into like a whole arc where she, it was like a, it was an alternate personality or something. That's a missed opportunity <laughs> on their part. Fuck. Totally missed opportunity. And the show's still on. They can still do it. Yeah, anyway, I just, back. while we're in no, this no, area. No, Order SVU is currently still making new episodes, I think. 
I don't care about SVU anymore. Okay. While we're in this That's area of discussion, though, I want to take a moment on the two things I said, which are cinematography and direction, and just give the quick shout out. Cinematography is done by M. David Mullen, who has recently won an Emmy for doing work on Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Oh, so, yeah. Okay. Like, Fuck. He obviously, you yeah. can see good shit happening in this movie. And I was like, I looked it up and I was like, oh, makes some sense. Yeah. And then the director was Karen Kuzma, who, like, my movie of the year a few years ago was The Invitation. I had not seen Dude, this Dude, she one. makes bangers. She does. I love everything that I've seen by her. Yeah. She's a tremendous director. So, And the cinematography in this movie is really cool. There's a lot of different kinds of shots. The one I'm thinking of most specifically is the one where there's like the one football player way out in the yeah, fucking this, field. The yes. slow zoo is really well, actually, cool. Actually, a couple things related to him, too. Then when they have the memorial set up and they do like the flowers wil- wilting. Yeah, said with wiltering. the candles that stay lit somehow through the whole thing. It was just yeah. a cool really cool shot. Yeah. Um, I would also yeah. highlight the the over, like the bird's eye scene of, of Jennifer swimming through the lake which ultimately that scene meant absolutely fucking nothing but it was a cool looking shot hey that was jenny lake mark yeah i know i'm giving <laughs> you the alley-oop here thanks bud so i was trying to figure out how to describe this to you guys yesterday I, because i don't think it's like technically an impressive feat of cinematography but the movie just looks really good like i, I feel like there aren't any of these shots that i don't know how they did or that i couldn't sure. do myself given the right amount no. of time and camera equipment, but just the like eye that the director of photography must have had to frame the things the way he did. That well, that's the impressive part about this movie is just sort of that style, the the visual style, and the director too, because I think it's important that like there are a lot oh, yeah. of movies that do a lot of these like gimmicky shots. I'll call him as one-offs, and it just feels like too much. It's like you're just yeah. doing it for the sake of doing it. Like, yeah. look what I could do with a camera. Yeah. And this doesn't feel like that. It this feels is cohesive. Like co- yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, that's really cool. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think that the folks that had worked together prior to this, I think there was some work that had been done. I might be wrong. I might be just blowing smoke here. Had Kuzma and Diablo Cody worked together before this? Or am I just fucking off the rails? Cody and somebody else had worked together before this who worked on this movie, but okay. I don't know that it was there was some There was some level of, like, we've worked together and we know what we're doing, so there's some synergistic components to this uh, that I felt like I had a handle on. Apparently, I don't, but it comes through. The, the moral of the story is it comes through, and you can tell when you're watching it, so that's what's important, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. I also like the... I mean, it's. I like the horror elements of this. I like the kills. I think I like the, the horror in this really horror good. Movie. I like the like viscera and the effects on the bodies that are dead. I like it when she starts to float and the like fight scene when when uh, uh, she's not flying, yep. she's floating. Exactly. I like it when ne- when they're having the fight in midair and Needy grabs her hair from the back and the camera like flips around with them in the levitation. That's all sure. really cool. I like all that shit. I think it works pretty well. There's like a good combination of wire work, practical effects, and special effects. It's really cool. To clarify, that is a technically impressive shot. I th- that that is a very difficult thing to rig up and block and shoot. More of what I was talking about earlier was just like the sweep, the the vast zoom in on the football player. And oh yeah, like sweeping shot type stuff. Yeah, I was I was moving on to a new thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I once you said that, I realized that I was wrong as usual, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> wanted to just highlight the difference there, the nuance. You know, the <laughs> it was yeah, Jason we Wright, Jason Reitman, and uh, and Diablo Cody had worked together before okay. on Juno. Okay, right. Okay. Well, I mean, I don't know, I don't know how much of an impact that had, but. Anyway, there were some synergies here. These folks worked well together. Definitely. Another cool thing, I mean, I think we should try to talk about this briefly, but I do think it's important we talk about it. A cool thing about this movie is how many women were involved at, like, high levels of the production. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. It's also the movie has a resurgence, like, in feminism currently. 
it's it's spoken about in those terms. I some of that seems a little we questionable are not to me. To weigh it on, well, I was, I was just about ready to say either. we are also three men but, talking yeah, about a no, horror that's, movie, that's and terrible, I'm not going there. But that's also cool. But um, totally, uh, whatever. This is really an good. interesting like, point that I would like to put a pin in for later. Uh, this is these are all good things you're saying, but as I alluded to earlier, the release of this movie was a strange thing. That okay, I tell think me t- needs a little go. bit more. But well, this is getting more into does wrong. So we can okay, let's we can just punt. It's gonna come back up. I need I need it because I need a little bit more. I I have that general feeling of what you are articulating, but I don't have anything and, and solid. There so there I is need, a lot that happened with fed. the release and advertising of this movie. We'll talk about. But tell me about so it, guys. I'm one, audience surrogate. One cool thing I like about the like kind of feminist angle on this movie okay. is it's it's mostly in Diablo Cody's writing. I like all the dialogue she uses and the way that like reverses horror tropes. So she says like you're giving me such a weddy right now, which sure. is like <laughs> something I've never heard before, but is instantly evocative They're, and like yeah. very good. Just, yeah. that's a thing that like I think we'd be more attuned to if more women wrote movies. That's cool. It's it's one of those rare jokes that like takes you a second to get, but then as soon as you get it, you still think it's clever. It's not like a dumb <laughs> pun. It's like, oh, <laughs> I get it. Now. It's also like, it's such a good joke because it's as stupid and crass a word as like boner or stiffy, but yeah. just on the exact opposite side. Like it's one as dumb as that. One that felt similar to me near the end was- When she asked uh, for the tampon? No, that one too, though. <laughs> See, there's there's like a number of these yeah. where she comes into the room to kill Megan Fox, and Megan Fox is like, do you always shop for your murder weapons at Home Depot? And she's like, it's a box cutter. You're just like, god damn it. <laughs> It's like just, yeah. stuff that, if written in a different way or by, like by someone who didn't know what they were doing as much as Diablo Cody does, it would not work super well. Definitely, and but also not everything comes well together, it is, and it's yeah. just like, yeah, this is it fits its its own little thing. Yeah, and I think Megan Fox is an underrated actress. I think she's a great actress, and I think it comes through here. That kind of like deadpan I, with a hint of sarcasm. I, I in don't this movie. know if I go as well. I don't know. I, I, I've only seen this in Transformers as far as <laughs> okay. Fox that's my fucking experience. Uh, uh, this but, is forty. She's in this is forty, and she does a great job in that. Okay, I I think she does a phenomenal job of playing this specific character. Whether or not that's a reach for her or not is not for me to discuss. But I mean, her performance in this movie is stellar for what it needs to be. Yeah, she Absolutely. hits that character very well. Yeah. And and the other I mean the other cool thing about it, like this is a movie that that has exploitation of women at its heart like it, it's called Jennifer's Body it's it's yeah. a movie that centers on Megan Fox who like had to get really uncomfortably skinny to play ninety seven pounds per felt the IMDb that she had page. to yeah. Jesus Which is all what? horrible yeah. That's all bad. Oh, so that that comment about the whatever diet pills near the end wasn't a joke. The laxatives, not or laxatives. Sorry, yeah. Although my wife also informed me that that like is a thing that women do in high school like when they want to feel skinny like that's a very that's another thing just a movie written by a woman i they feel that kind of body pressure so that's all crazy 97 pounds 97 pounds is way too skinny so this i'm not saying it's solving those issues those are still problematic but this movie if shot by a man would feel gross I think, especially the scene of like her coming out of the lake and some of the other scenes, like just <laughs> especially the scene that is every single scene in this movie. Yes, all of them. <laughs> it would feel gross. It, it's not like it's not like it's great, but it doesn't feel gross. And the way I was describing it in my mind is the the scenes. I'm looking at Wonder Woman, Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman, shot by in Wonder Woman, shot by a woman are really cool and she's really athletic and still super hot and they're really cool scenes. 
very similar scenes in Justice League feel fucking gross because of like where the camera is and where the camera rests and it goes around. And I can only attribute that difference to a male versus a female director. I don't know. Uh, this is a, this is you know what let's let's kick this one to the gender studies class that I'm sure yeah. is I, I, I don't know. Our podcast but intently. like but I mean it it yeah anyway felt like I that. don't know we are yeah <laughs> let's talk about the things that we are equipped to discuss. I yes. have one more thing that this movie does right, which is that this is an early front runner for best score of the year. Oh yeah, this movie oh. has a phenomenal Man. soundtrack. Phenomenally I, specific. I went on. Such a fucking journey with the punk cover. I I can see clearly now the rain is gone. Yeah. I need, I need to know everything about how that came into being. It's baffling to me. I mean, dude, they snuck in a punk ska cover. Those were huge. I Dude, oh. I the Lemonheads or whatever. I think this one's by like Screaming Weasel or whatever the fuck that name the band is. This this is a whole subgenre of music. There's a lot of shit out there that I but hope this you're aware one of because it is a great genre. Mark, this one in particular is such a, like, a. it feels like it would have been listed by every one of the straight-edge ska punk people, right? Who were, like, aggressive about being how straight-edge they were. That's why they're listening to I Could See Clearly Now the Raid is Gone, but the ska punk cover, it's crazy. Oh, my God. It's so evocative. So, as we were getting ready, I I sent you guys a message that in order to get into the headspace for this, I was listening to Newfound Glory. Uh, And Newfound Glory is not on this soundtrack, but it it reminded me of how fucking awesome this weird, like, subcategory of... I don't even know if it's not punk rock. What the fuck do you even call this? It's like shitty pop rock from the mid aughts. No, I mean it's pop punk. This is pop punk. Yeah, pop punk. Okay, cool. You got like decidedly pop punk. You got like Like you got like newfound glory and simple plan and yellow card and all this other shit. It fits perfectly into this movie of like faux angst. That stuff was earlier though, right? This felt late. Like I, the whole movie, I was like, "This is this is this this like like five years after Mumford and Sons era when this came out." Like the zeitgeist had shifted, but this did feel like because this feels like what would have happened when we were in just before high school, and this movie came out when we were in college. Yeah, Yeah. which it's look, it's not the older we get, the less long ago that was, I guess, or something. So at the time, ten years ago, it would have fit. It would have been nostalgic for the time four years ago. But I mean, in a way, that kind of works. Yeah, but, in a way it does. But the but the band fell off. the band in the movie is clearly like evoking I mean, they say Adam Levine. They don't say Adam Levine by name, but they say the they guy say, from Maroon Five and they're yeah. clearly like evoking that or like the all American rejects or yeah, Snow Patrol they are. and all that shit. Like God, Snow Patrol, Jesus. <laughs> Snow Patrol had a specific song that I really liked. Let's waste time chasing cars. No, That's the only it was, Snow Patrol uh, song it was like spitting games or something. <laughs> okay. Okay. Wow, that's he's like into, he's into the Snow Patrol deep tracks. Yeah, I think that's I think that's like O two. <laughs> Put on DJ play Snow Patrol deep cuts. No, only. I, it was it was B sides. Like, it was on like MLB O two. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you were naming. I thought you yeah. were naming like third and fourth. It was like Snow it was Patrol like that albums. Snow Patrol song and Lucky Boys confusion oh and my shit. God. I fucking love Lucky Boys <laughs> confusion, dude. They were on the aggressive inline soundtrack. I think MLB O two soundtrack. If you just put that up against this movie soundtrack, there would be a lot of crossover. I, I still guessing. think that the aggressive inline soundtrack was the most well like, aggressively you early. Use aggressive to describe something with the name aggressive. Happened. I know, but what else okay. was I supposed to do? I feel like we would yeah. be remiss if none of us mentioned Tony Hawk Pro Skater as the reason I know one song from a lot of bands. 
<laughs> I feel like that was harder edged. It was harder edged. A bit harder edged. It was like less less specific. Yeah. Than less aggressive specific. inline was. I mean, okay, yeah, fine. <laughs> the the thing that was a parody of itself that then started taking itself too seriously, so, aggressive inline, the video game. So we put soundtrack in middle, right? No, we put that God in right. God damn it. It's so evocative, right. man. It's great. It, it, it matches the tone of the movie damn near perfectly. I don't know if it did it as well when it came out initially, but now in retrospect, 10 years later, it's fucking ace. It's also, it's going to come up later, but like it's part of the world this movie builds, which is like this small town set in an era devoted to the zeitgeist of the era. With the like, potential exception of that bar. That bar's a whole other thing, yeah. But I mean, hey. I, okay. It's also called something lanes, and it does not appear to be a bowling alley. And that Mel- melody me. lane, yeah, this hasn't been a bowling alley for ten years. <laughs> All right, should we move on to middle? Yes. Okay. Soundtrack. Well, okay, no. Why? No, this I agree like with everything. I agree with everything you guys said, and then subjectively, I don't like this kind of music. So there. Sure. Oh, okay. That's, That's why fine. I had it in the middle. Look, we did we did breach the feminism angle from it here, so we do have to say that. Both Megan Fox and Amanda <laughs> Seyfried have said they were uncomfortable doing the uh, the lesbian kiss. Uh, they didn't really want to do it or feel like it was necessary to the thing. And they were told that it's like, it's how we're going to sell this movie. You have to do it. That's not good. I'm surprised Karen um, Kazama was cool with that. Uh, man, she wants to sell movies too. Like, it's not it's not great. She's working in the world too. But interesting. I don't know anything about any of this. That's bad. And I also, like either. Megan Fox having feeling like she had to get down to ninety-seven pounds is rough. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you could. I don't know really why that needs to be in does middle. That should probably all just be couched into does wrong. Yeah, yeah I guess because like it does good things for feminism too. So I don't know. The None movie. of those things do good things for feminism. Not not those specific things. The movie as a whole. I gotcha. The the thing has become an emblem. Because of all of the abuses that it contains. Yeah, so, yeah, maybe cool. that should just be does wrong. Maybe I don't have anything it does middle. Uh, yeah, I do have one wrong. does middle that is actually does middle. Okay. Uh, so, this movie's sense of humor is a very particular and strange thing. Diablo Cody's? <laughs> this is, well, beyond Diablo Cody. Diablo Cody writes shit that's funny. Like, Juno's a legitimately funny movie. This, her brand of humor mixed with sarcastic female exploitation dipped into horror makes for such a, like, uh, this is this is just a weird, it's a befuddling movie. I think it's hilarious. A lot of the stuff talking about it is intellectually very funny, but it's not like laugh-out-loud funny. And if you walked into this, this movie famously bombed at the box office, and if you walked into this watching the marketing campaign and then came in to see the, this weird brand of humor, that's a strange mix. I think it's the reason that it has kind of developed into a cult classic that everyone weirdly talks about still for some reason 10 years later. But I think that's also the reason why it receives such a shitty initial response. Yeah, I, I mean, the reason it receives such a shitty initial response is partially because what we're going to talk about in a later segment. Yes. But I do agree with what you're saying. Like, the the humor... This also... I mean, this movie reeks of studio involvement, right? And studio recutting, recutting and re-editing. And, like, I think this movie has a lot of the very specific kind of humor that Juno has. Like, there's stuff that isn't broadly funny in Juno, too. But in Juno, it feels like she was allowed to be more cohesive with how specific that humor is. Whereas in this movie, it feels like there's broad pandering sections interjected with hilarious specific Diablo Cody humor. 
which is why so, I don't think it works quite as well. Right. There are actual jokes in this that are funny, but the things that I that kind of struck me as interesting, like J.K. Simmons having a hook for a hand. It's not a punchline. They never even really reference it, it except is for a, when he grabs it, the tissue. It's a visual punchline because he's, like, he's like, I've seen. He's like, I've seen some shit. It's just like there's some weird absurdity mixed into the DNA, yes. and like personally, I fucking loved it. But also watching it the whole time, I was like, I can't believe they actually made this movie. Yeah, well, I, also, I, I agree. It, it makes me so badly want to see the uncut version because Juno has a lot of that kind of stuff too. Really specific, weird, repetitive humor. It's kind of like Arrested Development style humor where it's like the joke is built up from instance and instance and instance and like weird shit happening at a specific time frame. Like you're used to a certain timing with the movie. And this feels like it. a version of this movie had all of that and then it was cut all to shit. And so you get some of it mixed with chunks of none of it and it feels weird here's the other example of this that i kind of wanted to talk to you guys about this the fucking snow white scene when she's about to kill the when she's about to kill rudy in the forest and all the all the forest animals yes. are like coming out and smiling at them while they're about to be- like what and then they kind of reference it later when the rats come out and she's banging the goth guy but like what the fuck was that joke? It's so weird and awesome. It feels like it's missing a scene. It did feel like it was missing <laughs> a scene. Yeah, there, there's she can control animals all of a sudden, even though she's <laughs> I evil. Kinda, no, I kind of like keep... leaving it as is. Yeah, like, it, it mean, can just exist that way and be funny because it, it yeah. struck you, and that's that impact is all it needs to be, right? Like, I thought the, the same thing, but I don't think I need something explaining why that happens. I, I think no, it's I totally just fucking agree. awesome. There's this subtle absurdism that's just pervasive, but there's never any like actual like Family Guy style joke about it. It's just yeah. there. Yeah, which I mean, way which better I than not have that. Which I vastly prefer than yeah. a Family style joke. Way better family than Family Guy have. style joke. Yeah, Family yeah. style guy joke. <laughs> yeah, a, a, a guy it's joke a for family joke yeah. for style guys. You know, <laughs> <laughs> a family joke for style guys. Yeah, something I have for middle. I'm. <sighs> I'm having trouble clarifying what distilling what it is into a cogent statement, but I'm calling it location slash seasonality weirdness. Okay. So this happens in Devil's Kettle, yeah. which is, I guess, vaguely representative of an area of northern Minnesota. Sure, probably Minnesota. a Duluth, north style. of Duluth. Yeah. Um, because there, I don't know. There's a, there's a, it's a totally fictitious town. Yes. Northern but there's Duluth a park is just way Lake up Superior. there. No, like, okay, well, north on land of Duluth, which there is a lot of. It's like State Park, and then there's a town, I guess, which they made up. But Devil's Kettle, the falls, that exists, right? They have, the whole thing this is, like, building up to timeline-wise is their spring formal. Yes. It'd be fucking cold up there. and there Global would pro- warming, man. Uh, yeah, global warming, yep. Yep. No, People don't wear jackets in this movie. People are wearing t-shirts at night in this well, movie. Jake, here's what you're forgetting. I'm not forgetting. Here's what you're forgetting. What? In Minnesota, when it gets to be like 44 degrees, you're fucking stoked. It's not 44 degrees, dude. I'd be like, it'd be the spring, and I'd have to go pick my sister up from the bus stop. I wouldn't wear socks or shoes to go pick her up because it got to be like 38. It got to be like a little bit above freezing. It's not 44 degrees, dude. Up there, it's going to be like maybe early March. They're in you the middle of a warm snap. You don't know what their spring snap. formal is. It could be in May. There's no way. It could be in May. Spring doesn't May. happen in Minnesota until May, dude. Then school's That's true. already out, man. They aren't having their spring formal then. School is out like May 8th. It could be no. May 1st. School's out for summer school's earlier. School's out in middle of June. Nah, you guys remember high school? You get out late. 
we went to a weird high school also. We had fucking finals after our winter break. It was horse shit. That's usually the case. That's still usually the I case. I think you think it's usually the case because it happened to you. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Is that wrong? That's 100% of your data. <laughs> yeah. I don't understand your point. Okay, cool. My point is that it's cold in Minnesota up north. It's cold. Was this actually specifically set in Minnesota and I just missed something? It was definitely set in Minnesota. It was set in Minnesota. And every license plate in the movie was that I- iconic to me, Minnesota license plate. Yeah, oh, I mean, okay. it doesn't it sure. doesn't go I'll so far as that. to, like, no one's, like, no one sounds like they're from fucking Minnesota. <laughs> Megan but... Fox comes in like, oh, hey, boys. <laughs> if Megan with Fox. Accent. Wait, hold on. Okay, Keep going a. with this accent, Mark. You know what? If Megan Fox had tried to do the Minnesota accent, it might have sounded like that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Megan Fox is a good actress. I don't know if she could do a Minnesota accent, though. I don't either. That's why they didn't do it. Probably a smart choice. Hey, we should go to the lanes. Shit. That was better. That was better. That was better than the first one. It was just as good. It was was so much better. The only specific geographic reference is right at the end when she gets picked up when she's going to kill the band and she asks to head east towards Madison. Yes. That's the only geographic reference. Yep. But it is in Minnesota, Uh, yes. And he's got a Minnesota license plate when he picks her up. I mean, yes. There, and, it was and middle. It was a middle thing for me. Shoulder, it'd be fucking. Think... It'd be colder than they were acting. Uh, I think they're just tougher than you. You're suck. Minnesotans be, are tougher than there you. There might be some snow. Somewhere. My my roommate in college was from rural Wisconsin. I went to college here in Salt Lake City, and it'd be like fucking blizzard out in the middle, in, uh, you know, of campus, and he'd be walking around in cargo shorts and flip flops. Exactly. So, I met your roommate. Yeah. Yeah, he's a cool guy. <laughs> tougher than you. That's all. Probably. It doesn't get They're cold. They're very in tough Idaho. up there, you know. Yeah, eat a lot of cheese. Those are the two <laughs> things I know. Idaho's basically California, more or less. All it's three are very heavy cheese places. <laughs> well, okay. Cheese is the is the bottom line it's here. America's common, common, common link. <laughs> okay, that's all I have. Can we move cool. on to what the movie does wrong, please? Because we've been teasing it for hours now. <laughs> Tell me about the shit that I don't know about, please. Now, immediately, go. Both okay, the so- obli- yeah, Mark, go. Okay, so what this movie does wrong is the name generally and the marketing specifically, or I have that exactly wrong and it's the marketing generally and the name specifically. But I think that. The point here, th- so Diablo Cody, th- th- what the script was, I, I mean, I don't want to put words in anybody's mouth, but this seems like this was originally supposed to be sort of a sardonic take on uh, movies that are you know, exploitative of young women in horror. It is it, it it is self-referential in an era before self-referential movies became the thing. And then they handed it off. They gave it A, they gave it the name Jennifer's Body, and then they handed it off to what must have been a room filled with people who fucking did not understand that that was the joke that they were making and thought, oh, yeah, we're just straight up making an exploitation movie. Yeah, <laughs> And they which- marketed all this shit based around Megan Fox half nude crawling out of lakes and like the sky shot of her swimming supposedly naked in the lake and her making out with the guy in the forest and her making out with Amanda Seyfried. Like that was what the trailer was. It was entirely just Megan Fox being sexy. When did this come out? 2009. Well, yeah. In, in relation to the other, to Megan Fox explosion. So Transformers came out in 2007. I want to say that was her big thing. So is this there a world? After. Is there a world where like this was sold in? Right, they sold this movie in, and they went about making it before that was a thing that like hit and went gangbusters. No, no, I believe they hired her because of 
like okay. at least she was well known. She had done Transformers when at she got at the point hired. when they yes. hired. Okay, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I, my only guess was going to be they sold it in, and then it was like the Megan Fox thing happened. Better market the sex. No, no, I think I mean, okay. and and Diablo Cody Look, said I, this a number of times, yeah. like. She, she's always said that they marketed it totally wrong. And then also the R rating really kind of fucked it for how they marketed it. Cause you can have an R rated movie if it's funny and winking and playing with all this shit. But if you market it, as just another stupid teen movie and then have an R rating. It, you're not going to get most of the teens that can't go see R rated movies. I don't know, man. Super bad. Yeah. I mean, but the, was super bad rated R. Whoa, yes. you fucking it was? It's like me? the hardest art. Wow, okay, okay, sorry. Cool. He says fuck a hundred times. In yeah, that I mean, it's not just saying fuck. It's like. Yeah, but you only get like two fucks in a PG 13 movie. Okay, yeah. No, Super right, Bad is as hard an R as you can Watch Super Bad. Turn it off after he says fuck the second time. You'll get eight minutes in. <laughs> no, you won't. I bet you you get two minutes in. <laughs> I bet you you'll get eight. Eight minutes. I mean, bet. Less Jack, than eight. Jack, More Jack, than two. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, there's a gigantic middle ground there. Wait, Jack, we need to, we, before we make this bet, we need to be clear whether or not we're including the four minute long disco montage no. of the silhouettes dancing against the background. No, no, <laughs> once, once movie proper starts. What is the actual bet? In my club, I will splash the pot whenever the fuck I please. Oh, oh, that's it. Gambling. <laughs> You think they don't say fuck. Yes. You think they say fuck within two minutes. I think it takes them eight minutes. Why don't we split that difference? Say four minutes. To say fuck? Yeah. Yes. Bet. Okay. To say fuck once. Oh, my okay. God. Also, that wasn't splitting the difference, but <laughs> I'm still cool with it. I mean, it was. Between eight and four? Dude. Yeah. Eight, eight and five. Six, eight and two? Fuck. Oh, my God. I've lost my mind. I mean, it's not. So, okay. We'll weigh in on this one. After the fact, I'm just going to pop in the... 2 plus DVD. 2 is 4, and 8 minus 2 is 6. I just got five. the better of you. I'll give you 5. No, I want 4. You, you did, agreed to 4. You did we the just geometric shook, mean, we literally not the shook hands. mean. Okay, fine. It's I, already been set. Two minutes, or four minutes. Four minutes for one fuck. Four minutes for one fuck. Wow. Which seems just about like right. my nightly life for... Something. Well, and actually, hey, I like that we I like that we both went for a different joke, but that is actually the specific joke that they make in this movie. <laughs> yes. Um, in any case, that was the context of this thing coming out, and I remember thinking, like, I, you know, we liked horror movies in my group in college, and we saw these previews and shit all over the place. And we were like, this doesn't appeal to any of us. Like, look, this is. This is a bridge too far. We're not seeing this. And, like, literally, the marketing for this one wiped it off my map for 10 years. And the only reason we're watching it now is because there's been that it has regained, because it's a good movie, it has regained some level of cult following and people keep recommending it. And I've seen it before and I was, I've seen that recommendation before and I was like, eh, I'm still going to take a pass. And finally, <laughs> sure. like, the levy broke and I'm like, okay, we should watch this thing. And then Jack picked it. So but I watched the- it anyway. All the people that are saying, like, this is a movie that's actually about women retaking power, I think are not correct about that. Because Megan Fox does not go after any of the band members that did this to her. So, I disagree but with Megan that. But Megan Fox is kind of the antagonist of the whole movie. Oh, definitely. It's less about yeah. her character. There yeah. kind of isn't an antagonist, in a way. I mean, the antagonist is the band and yes. Megan Fox. It is Megan Fox, but, like, honestly, at that point, the content when you're talking about the movie that is between Amanda Seyfried and Megan Fox like it's more about a friendship that's being strained by high school than 
and that's the other one. The antagonist yeah, is kind of so, like social, society, man. <laughs> like socialization in high school. Yeah. In this case, oh, for well, females. Well I mean, that's movie. the quote at the start yeah. of the movie, right? Is what was the quote that was used? I don't know. I don't know. It was oh, uh, hell like, is a hell is a teenage girl, girl or something. Or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's some shit. That's the antagonist right there. Here's another thing I think the movie did wrong, and I don't know if this is because of how it was cut by the studio or not, but there's a lot of Diablo Cody's dialogue that I just think is is actively bad in this end result. And it would have been funny if, I don't know, it was used more, like if the joke paid off more, but they the salty joke, the salty <laughs> morsels, like that comes up three different times. It's like... It comes up three different times. If salty means beautiful, you must be soy sauce. <laughs> Which, like, isn't enough for it to be a funny joke for me. It's just weird and jarring every time <laughs> it comes up. Yeah. That's a weird one. Like, it, there's just a lot of well, stuff. Well, that's, like- that's why that one prime, the one that I just, the one that I mentioned was the, like, that's why I hated it. Because they said salty a few times, and then she has to explain it to her boyfriend. Yep. Which makes it more noticeable and shitty. Yeah. Yeah, kids don't. Kids didn't talk like no one talks like this. But we're no. over it because it's Diablo Cody. I mean, no nobody talked. Talk, like nobody talked like they do in Juno. But because no one, it's consistent, yes. it makes sense. Yes, exactly. This one, it's jarring. It's and a weird, weird sometimes. world. Sometimes, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, along with that same point, some of the writing, I think, for the overall structure of the story is very strange. Like, I don't. Th- there did not need to be a Mel's hole in this movie whatsoever. <laughs> Has nothing to do with the story at all. It's just. It's she supposed was, to show you. It's that an it's, interesting point that I hadn't considered, and you are one hundred percent correct. Yeah, <laughs> they just brought her. This is just a band that brought her out into the woods to sacrifice her. Like it has nothing to do with that being a bottomless hole that well, science has given up on for some and reason. And you said that they threw her into the hole earlier in your plot synopsis, but they didn't, right? They just left no. her in the woods. Yeah, definitely, definitely. They I was threw very the wrong about weapon that. Into yeah, the, into the thing. Well, yeah, yeah, definitely wrong about that. So it's it's insane. So you actually needed sixty seconds instead of just forty-five. That was what it, really did you in, if not more. Okay, <laughs> we needed roughly two hours to describe this movie. That is but, only a hundred minutes uh, long. But, I mean, yeah, we're gonna surpass the movie length here soon. But then there's other stuff like also the the BFF necklace when Amanda Biffs. Seyfried rips it off, and then then she like loses powers and falls back to the ground. Like, why is that the source of any powers? She's not even wearing that in earlier scenes. Well, they played it in that flashback like it meant something, but I was, yeah, it was lost on me. I don't know what they were going for. If if it had significance, it was removed from the final cut of the movie. It's very weird. On top of that, needy it, the one of the like the way the movie moves forward into the third act is needy realizing via psychic connection that her friend is a vampire succubus. Has yeah, that's why a- is needy psychic all of a sudden? I don't know. I mean, like some vampires sometimes have some psychic powers, but they didn't. Again, it's it's not Megan Fox that has the psychic powers they demonstrate. It's needy and it's weird. Yeah, and it. I mean, it's you know mid coitus, which is unfortunate, but you know that's when Very you're at your most susceptible to psychic visions. Hey, if you're not seeing corpses mid coitus, I don't know what you're doing. Well, I mean, that's like a role playing thing, though. That's just makeup <laughs> for us. Yes, for you and I, Mark. It's a it's a role playing thing. <laughs> I'm really into horror. Uh, I like that, that you blew. I like that. That's the part of the joke you focused on. <laughs> it's they're good. Jake is very confused. <laughs> yeah, he's fully befuddled. Um, kind of in this same vein. The other thing that I'd written down here, there are a few of these things throughout the movie that are just like this isn't even remotely how this would happen. Chief among them is like. You wouldn't just leave the scene of a mass incineration without seeing the po- 
police or ambulance. Like, you sit there and you wait, and there's a space blanket over you. And then when the police come, you're like, hey, this van full of dudes took my friend away. You don't stumble home, talk to no one, and then accidentally get attacked by your friend. It's very strange that she made it all the way home without any of that happening. And that the band yeah. was just like, no, nobody was worried. The band's gone. They vanished. And we didn't find their bodies. They would be prime suspects. They'd be like, oh, Definitely. this is an arson. Yeah. And I, whatever. Is it or at least the like, or did they the have fire? like some unlicensed pyrotechnics no. or something? No. I mean, it's not I, It's not implied the band started the fire. But... Oh, I disagree with that. I think it is heavily implied the band was at yeah. fault. No. Yeah, because they're so called. They, they're like what? chuckling when the fire is spreading. They know it's happening. They're not They worried. know exactly what's happening. Their whole ploy here is to get in, find the virgin that they need for some reason. Hypnotize her fire. and get out. Yeah. Oh, time out. Drugger? You guys are cracking an egg all over my head here. A wisdom <laughs> egg. So hold on. The band did Nowhere start near the, the quote. The band did you know start what, that you fire. You know what they say about wisdom eggs. The band did start the fire. That wasn't Jennifer getting all like sucked in. She was like sucked in and she. I thought she like somehow bleh, started the fire. No, well, we didn't start the fire. It was, I, it was always burning. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> the, the fire was burning the whole time. You're making no, it more confusing the, for me. The, the Jennifer did not start the she fire. Not. She was not a succubus at that point. I know. I'm now realizing this. Yeah. The band did. <laughs> the yeah. timeline is very murky. The fucking sociopath who's looking. And then they were taken as being heroes, and that was the whole thing. Uh, it makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Uh, uh, here's uh, a question yeah. I had, though, about I mean, not that cool. Plot. Please, Marmy. They didn't succeed in smart. That's beyond smarmy. Uh, yeah, but I <laughs> no cool in the sense that I finally get it. Yeah, cool. I, I know what you were saying. I didn't understand what Mark yeah. described it as smarmy asshole. Smarmy's like Eddie Haskell. I don't think Eddie Haskell murdered eight people. <laughs> Skeezy. <laughs> might have. Skeezy. Skeezy is what I meant to say. Skeez. What the band didn't actually sacrifice a virgin. Why did it work? Is that just like a commentary on it was they were gonna get hit it big anyway? I thought I thought she was a virgin. No, no, she wasn't even a backdoor virgin because of she your friend in the eleventh grade. She says that publicly. That's part of her. Like, I think that's kind of what uh, one of the movie's points. She actually is a virgin. Her best friend knows she's a virgin and says so. And then whenever she is like put in that place where she has to say it one way or the other, she says that she's gone there because that makes her cooler. But all the all the occult books Amanda Seyfried finds say that. When your person's not actually a virgin, it just lets the devil into that person's body because the ritual goes wrong because it wasn't a oh, virgin. That's that's why she's still alive. Yeah, I didn't actually read any of the books when she would. You, you, I don't know. See, all of us have misinterpreted key moments in this. I film. freeze framed every frame with one of these books. I read them all. Okay. It's like playing. I, I read all the books in oblivion. <laughs> I paused it and I no, I noticed the ISDN in the bottom of the of the of the screen, and I went and I got it out of my local library. Checked it out. Anyways, now I'm a certified demonologist, and yeah, this movie gets it right. <laughs> so yeah, no, she is. I think she's clearly. I think she's definitively not, not a, virgin. a virgin in this movie. Okay, I read that wrong. Um, I thought either- that was kind of an interesting point that the movie was trying to make of like what girls will say in order to be like bad girls versus what they actually, you know, like are with their best friends. I think but, Amanda okay. Seyfried was saying she's not a virgin because these guys were saying they wanted a virgin and she didn't want them to abduct her. Interesting. Okay, that's good too. Yeah. I know There's you're a lot of fan theories here, you notoriously pro abduction, so it doesn't make sense to you, but <laughs> That's me. Yeah, you got me pinned. <laughs> Should we just like move on to a station? I don't think it does a lot else wrong. Yeah, guys, I stole the whistle back, so here we go. 
Oh, he's so very good. good at it. You know what? Yeah, I was I'd, giving him shit, but he's got the skills. I had one that was almost escalated, and it was the sacrifice scene at said demon, kettle? devils, whatever, devil's kettle. Is that he says Bowie knife? Which no, they... no, it's 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 that it looks like dick is what it is. Like, there's a shitty green screen waterfall in the background, and there's terrible oh, CG. Yeah. It's not they film They film an actual thing for the first part of the movie, and then when they do the night scene, they're like, ah, we don't need to go back and film it at night. We just need to animate it and make it look okay. Adam <laughs> Brody, notoriously <laughs> afraid of waterfalls. On it. Maybe yeah. he is. I've heard that about him, yeah. <laughs> He's cataracophobic. Yeah. Was that anywhere close to right, Mark? I made it up on the spot. Okay, so no. <laughs> <laughs> it might be. I mean, I feel like it's not wrong. What cataract? No, it's that either right be... or it's wrong, Mark. Well, no, but it's not even like none of the root words are anywhere near waterfall. I don't know. Ca- uh, something about him saying cataract made me feel like it was surprisingly close. I, a cataract is... is a type of waterfall. That's what the eye condition is named after. Fun I... fact. Yeah. Okay. See? That's, that's The more you know, dude. Wow. Wow. I think I've I have a, I have a nitpick with that scene. Okay. It's a and Bowie it's knife. knife. Not, I know they wanted to make a fun David Bowie joke, but it's a Bowie knife. It's not they, a fucking not Bowie a knife. knife. They, this that, is a knife. It's, it's terrible. <laughs> it was, I can't even talk anymore. It was so bad. I wish this was a video podcast just to it's, capture Jake's response. That was a stop. It was it's really, really bad. <laughs> I, uh, I'm going to jump in you. with a quick nitpick here. I like that this movie is old enough that it felt the need to explain what Biff meant when they were talking about BFFs. Like, we wouldn't be able to follow along. Define old enough in this context. That's what I, It's like a very specific time between, like, when we started abbreviating things as a culture and then saying just the word that was the abbreviation instead of actually the letters. The Batman. It's a muscular gentleman who fights crime nocturnally. Muscular. <laughs> who says B- who No one says Biff still, dude. No one ever said Biff. Right, but if you had just dropped a Biff, I wouldn't have needed to have them hold the locket up to the camera saying I BFF. might have. I'd go I would have assumed you were talking about Biff Loman from Death of a Salesman. I would have gone to Home Alone. Nope. Not Home Alone. Back to the That's Future. Buzz. My God. <laughs> Back to the Future. Unbelievable. Back to the Future. Look. I took. I almost said both are Macaulay Culkin movies, so I'm in no better shape here. Yeah, it's fine. Except I didn't actually say it. Yeah, the carbon monoxide is back in the new year. Hey, man. I have another question, which is, what was the point of the Indian exchange student? Uh, to be the first victim, and to to make a whole other culture of people feel othered. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't feel like that's what this movie's aim was. No, definitely not. It was just in there. That's one of those things that just doesn't age that well. Yeah, I was, I I mean, I found it profoundly confusing initially. And then they did, she did meet him again in the street later. And like you said, he became her first victim and I guess sustained her for the initial period before she killed the football player. Yeah. But like make that Chris Pratt. Why do you need a silent Indian exchange student? Because it was fun to make fun of exchange students at that era. Except not at that era. In, like, 2002 it was. <laughs> yeah, this is post-Fez. Yeah, weird. I guess I just don't understand the joke that they were trying to make. I don't know if they did, Mark. Okay. That's therefore nitpick. Uh, when when she's banging the goth and he says, you're really warm. Why are you so warm? And she says, shutties. Is she telling him to shut up slangily or is shutties the reason she's warm? I did not. I was not able to follow that one either. That's that's too many oh layers God. of yeah. That's one esoteric. of those. Okay. Yeah, I'm with you there. Okay. Um, 
then the oh, I guess that's in the woods. That's not with the 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 goth guy. That's the jock guy. Uh, then his corpse is out there in the woods. Would a deer just go ham on a corpse? I don't no. think it no. would. They don't no. like meat. Unless, <laughs> unless, unless we're like talking meat. about <laughs> it, unless we're talking about a deer that's been like possessed by a succubus. I guess because... she can't control the animals. Yeah, exactly. She can. So maybe she's a deer using would the not. Animals. Okay, can we just like let's just put it simply: a deer would not be eating a corpse. Done. Yep. I mean, would be nibbling Straight on the innards. Done. Okay, cool. Well, yeah. hold on. This is a Minnesota deer, not an Idaho deer. Fucking done. They're Mark. tougher, Jake. They're tougher. They're tougher deer. In Them white tails are tougher. Those they yellow up, bastards will go right through the screen door. Yeah, they got to put up with those Minnesota winters where there's apparently no snow. <laughs> Before spring formal. This is a this is a Minnesota spring, okay? Not a Minnesota. Oh yeah. my I was giving God. you shit before, Jake, but there's snow in parking lots until like mid June in Minnesota. They, they would do. They would be. <laughs> there would at least be snow. They might be wearing their t-shirts, but there'd be snow. Fuck. Yeah, there would be snow. north of Duluth. <laughs> well, you made that part up. <laughs> that's that's entirely in your head, Canada. The suburb no. of northern Duluth. <laughs> I looked it up, man. I looked it up. Uh, hey, here's a neat pick. The I went down to the super target to get more condoms is a fantastic line. I just that line and the delivery, the super target that made me laugh out loud in Duluth. What was what was the other thing? What was the other thing that was like the the spiral special or whatever? It's for women's pleasure. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. His character was fucking funny, man. Fucking funny. Yeah, (laughs) he was kind of like he was kind of like Michael Sarah's character in Super Bad, only with more charm. Yeah, not an asshole. Yeah. Well, and more like socially normal. Yeah. Or yeah. without a best friend who's a fucking sociopath. God, Superbad's so good. Superbad is great. Um, Next week on A to Z Horror, we're going to review Superbad. <laughs> well, Probably. Jake and I are about to watch it, yeah. so... <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, that means I got to do that, too. Fuck. Uh, another you? neat pick <laughs> Okay, for the 47th time. Left side! Strong side! Hell yeah! Was that a reference to Remember the Titans? Yeah. It had to be, right? Uh, I mean, it was... Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Great. I what love it. What year did Remember the Titans come out? Oh, three? Must be, yeah. Must <laughs> it must be that is oh, the, it's the only one that makes any sense. Mark. Oh one, just do the fucking math. Just study it out, and you'll see. <laughs> study it out. It came out in two thousand. You asshole. <laughs> Thank you. That doesn't make sense though. Hold on, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> that doesn't track. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I'm, from, I'm from a dimension where it did come out in two thousand three. Oh so. yeah, okay. It's the remember yeah. the Titans effect. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, $12 is not enough money for an orchid corsage in 2009. We went to prom in 2007, and I got an orchid corsage, and it was fucking 29 bones. I didn't go Wow, you did that wrong. You got to go to the place by Winco, Jack. All their corsages were like $12. That place was a drug front. And you just said twelve because that's what he paid. You don't know. No, it was twelve dollars. You don't fucking know. It was a, it was eleven dollars and ninety eight cents. <laughs> ninety eight. I still not have the ninety nine. I still even... have the receipt. <laughs> you would be you. You know what? You would be the guy that still has the receipt, though. Mark, if you have the receipt, I have a number of other questions. Yeah, but he would be that guy. Well, why, why uh, look, would I be look, that guy? In Mark's Aside from def- the fact that I just have receipts. In Mark's defense, I don't like. Receipts. In Mark's defense. It would have been a corsage he bought for his wife, so it would be kind of romantic. Jesus Christ. If it was Christ. senior prom, it would be kind of <laughs> sweet. part of our scrapbook. Yeah. <laughs> part of our first the, year I dating, honey. I don't have the corsage anymore. Like, I just have the receipt. Here are my top sweet. ten memories by year yeah, of our receipts. relationship. Fuck, that is so deep. 
Yeah. Okay. It would, it would be organized. In an if I kept the receipt, it would have been fucking weird. But because Mark married her, it's not weird or whatever. That's exactly right. I didn't even go to prom. <laughs> I know. And I didn't want to go to prom. I well, wanted to play Ocarina of Time with you and Logan in the shed. But I, I wasn't allowed to. I wasn't even here during prom. You absolutely no. were. You and Logan were playing Ocarina of Time in the shed. Nope. Absolutely. No. Nope. You were. Yes. No. I was not allowed to say no because of how elaborately the girl asked me out to prom. Hmm. Senior year. It sounds like a ruse. <laughs> Ooh, I'm Jack. Girls ask me out. Ooh. With yeah. 1,500 plastic Easter eggs in my front yard. Jesus, what happened? Okay. It's We're a, moving I'll on. I'll tell you off there. I, <laughs> this is Patreon content. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I have a quick nitpick. Eight people die, including a teacher. You're probably going to shut school down. I feel oh, like. for sure. Guaranteed. <laughs> you're not just going to. Oh, you're not going to struggle through your first period math class. <laughs> yeah. The next day. <laughs> the next fucking. Like what? One of them was the Spanish teacher. What do those kids do? They just have a fucking. They they have the stand in sub being like, yep, sorry. I yeah. Mean, yeah. Pretty, I mean, teacher that's... dead. Also, I mean, eight people in this town. They don't town. close the school down every time a teacher dies. Fair. Sometimes it's going to be a sub. Every time there is a mass tragedy that affects an entire community, they should. Well, yeah, down. but but those are you. You're you've created a false dichotomy here, Mark. You're, you've created a straw man. They, nope. When I have eight, not done those things. When eight people and some parents and a teacher die, they're going to close school. Yes. If just a teacher dies, they're going to have a substitute. So what are the kids going to do when the Spanish teacher doesn't show up? There's going to be a sub there. But the, yeah, but that's yeah, you're right. That's different though. Like if the Spanish teacher dies and that's it, they're probably not going to say that that day. I know. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. This is whatever. But I'm in done. the world where they've kept the school open, there's going to be a sub there. Yeah. Eventually, yes. Do you have any other nitpicks, dude? Uh, yeah. <laughs> She's hitchhiking a quarter mile away from is a she? jail in orange pants and a hoodie. That guy doesn't give a fuck. Do yeah, not pick up convicts. Uh, I mean, yeah, maybe it's a neat pick because most jails have does. most jails have signs up all like within 15 miles that say do not pick up hitchhikers. There's a jail right near here. So maybe he saw them all and knew what he was doing. And this one doesn't. It only has a sign that says low shoulder, which is conveniently the name of the band. Weird. <laughs> Super convenient. convenient. That's my last name. Neat pick. pick. I like the end credits. They actually did something. That was the cool. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. Things. Yeah. Good way to do yeah. the end credits. It was cool. Uh, I have a quick neat pick, which is that um, I, I want to talk about the final, I guess, penultimate scene where they're in the, in the pool. What the fuck is that pool? Why is there Poison Ivy's lair adjacent campus? It's a weird pool. It's abandoned and shit. It's, if, if there was a pool with that much and there's standing... a giant tree growing in the middle, like there's vines... If there, what if there biome was, are we in? If there was a pool with that much biome. standing water in it that had not been tended to, that would smell so astonishingly bad. I don't know. It might not smell that bad because in Minnesota it would be frozen in the spring. <laughs> it's not frozen, this, though, so this it's one heated. Was not. It, was, it was a heated cesspool. Well, okay, then there'd be mosquitoes the size of your fucking head. <laughs> oh, yeah. You <laughs> cannot go outside after dark Minnesota in Minnesota. Yeah, I did like how they the had the one scene. It was the animal scene with the linebacker where the mosquito landed on his neck. That was their fucking, hey, it's a Minnesota moment. The mosquitoes will fucking carry you away in Minnesota. <laughs> well, especially inside of this fucking pool place that is heated for some reason and... It seems like it's some type of supervillain's lair. There's a, it was, there, there's a I mean, whole state department, sub, like a whole 
subdivision of the state government whose only purpose is to eradicate standing water to help alleviate the mosquito issue. In a movie where almost all of the other locations seemed to fit in the in the sense of world building, this one is absolutely preposterous and nonsensical. That was my nitpick. <laughs> it was for the next movie, which was the prequel. Needy's bod? Jennifer's body zero, patient zero. Are you advocating for a movie ogling an underaged girl? God, no. What? It sounds like it you was are. probably like two days before. Why would dude? you take it there? Because that's guy. what Jake said. No, no that's what she, that, that is definitely that is what, what you, you said. said. She was still eighteen at the time. <laughs> duh. Okay, cool. We want to we want to take it back to her eighteenth birthday, where society has arbitrarily decided that that's yeah, the cutoff point. It's for fine. Being okay. Still, still terrible. It's all bad, Jack. <laughs> okay. No matter what, that's, that's, can we rate the movie? That's time to go wow, to Jack, you really Yikes. fucked this oh, up. Let's go. This is not on me. We overdated the horror. Use a 1 through 10 rating system to rate the movies we watch. For one, think about Logan would rate Kendall's intelligence. You are a fucking idiot. And for 10, think about Sherlock would rate the placidity of John's mind. Your mind is so placid, straightforward, barely used. Stories first getting rich rate these movies. This was my pick, so I'm going first. I'm giving it a seven for story. I think this is a really interesting story. It's marred only by some of the superfluous elements like they're they're not needing to be a Mel's hole in this Minnesotan town. I'm I'm really interested in the story, but taken out a little bit by some of it. So seven mark. I also gave it a seven. Hmm. There are some kind of ragged edges, some loose ends to the story here. It's not as tight as you would ostensibly hope it would be. And I feel like some of that, like we talked about earlier, is probably the result of them cutting in and out and deciding what is palatable to modern audience and all this other shit. But I mean, ultimately, it's a pretty clever and interesting story that just happens to have a few things that probably were left on the cutting room floor. Yeah, and a super strong script. Super strong script by Diablo Cody. That's uh, super strong. Super strong. Jake. Uh, seven. Same reason, same score. Cool. Uh, well, not quite the same reasons as you, Jack, but yeah. Okay, which uh, going to come at him hard. I'll, no, I'll come at you about it the next score. But we're talking. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. I haven't given that score yet or my reasons for that my score My reasons yet. did not include the world-building elements that you mentioned because I put those in world-building and immersion, which is our next category. Go. Okay, six. I think I like the world they build. It does feel like a small Minnesotan town. Uh, I agree with you. The bar was a little bit rough and did not fit into this world. Even a what? What's that? You gave it a six? A six, yeah. Okay. But the 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 music creates an era, even if it's not specific to 2009. It's yeah, it definitely does. specific to an era. It creates a feeling. You're all part of it. You feel like you're a part of this high school. The weird little things like J.K. Simmons' hook hand that they never talk about Love also it. adds to that. It's also very good. It's just it's it's a little bit too choppy. There's a little bit too much of them saying weird dialogue that doesn't track throughout the whole movie to take you out of it to be better and i think that's mostly studio involvement i don't know but i'm giving it a six mark i gave it i went the opposite direction i gave it an eight i I find that movie yeah i find this movie highly watchable very entertaining charming clever the almost the only thing that took me out 
was the weird Tommy Two Tone reference, the Jenny eight six seven five three zero nine murder scene. Yeah. Yeah. They were, they were, I think they were going for something and I don't think they quite pulled it off. And you that know, one pulled me back out a little bit. What all the teens were listening to in 2009, 8675309. Everyone knows that song. Yeah, yeah. I'm not I yeah. Do you think I don't I don't dislike it because it's a dated reference. I dislike it yeah. because it just felt forced and I mean, a lot of this movie feels weird, but this felt weird in a different way, and it just sort of took me out. Anyways, I gave it an eight. I liked 95% of this movie. All it right. might be a little overlong. Fair enough. Jake, that's interesting. I hadn't really thought of the length. It's like an hour 45, though. Yeah, which it's not is, bad. Is yeah. Probably, uh, yeah, it's not bad, but it is probably a little overlong. I agree with that. I gave it a 7. I, I agree with pretty much everything Mark said, though. I the, the thing that took me out a little bit was the thought that I had to give to the Minnesota thing, which I've talked about at length at this point. Uh, but <laughs> I think I didn't even realize was a thing. Extremely, uh, extremely watchable movie. Seven. Fair enough. That's going to take us into Scare Factor, and it's going to be a four for Scare Factor for me. There is some decent gore. There's some decent, like, slashings with box cutters. There's, there's like... Some scenes that are like a little bit, and I, I like the the viscera of the body in the woods. Um, all that stuff's pretty good. I also am am intellectually scared by the idea of like being a hormonal teen and getting a, and encountering a succubus at that stage because I'd be defenseless. <laughs> there, there's nothing. I mean, I like, yeah, this is cool. I'm gonna go out this way. That's fine. At one hundred percent, like yeah, I will follow you into the woods. Sure. Yep. Okay. Cool. Uh, yeah. So. Mm-hmm. That's a little bit scary. So and Jake is trying to write on his glass bottle with a, like a ballpoint pen. No, this and is I, a... now we're moving on to Mark. I don't like it. We Mark, have a, we have a receptive surface here. We, what? I, something... I gave this movie a five and a half. Uh, I This movie is not scary, scary, but it has its moments that are very well constructed. One of the things I we didn't talk about it in nitpicks, but I did have, a, have it written down. I just didn't want to bring it up was like the way they construct the the scene when Amanda see when Needy's walking around her house immediately after coming back from the bar that's burnt down and she's like not sure if Jen's still alive and she thinks someone's in the house the way that sequence is shot is actually pretty impressive as far as sort of like the home invasion-y type slasher tropes go it, where you have the reflection against the stairs in the background and then the shot upstairs which now I don't know which one's more tropey at this point either you shut the mirror and there's someone behind it or you shut the mirror and there's no one behind it even though you were setting it up for the jump scare but they have a bunch of those scenes in a row that actually make like a really effective mini horror movie set within this larger thing that is only kind of horror-ish yep for sure Mark what, what did you give it? Five and a half. Okay. Right down the middle. Yeah. No, that makes sense. That's what I thought you said, but then part of my brain thought you also said a seven, and I was going to question you on that. But anyway, Jake, what did you give it? I mean, five and a half feels a little high. I went with a four. You guys, I, wow. I, so I, brave. So brave from you, No, two. not really. I, I Very again, brave it's, man, it's Mark. It's for largely the same reason, but I guess I wasn't as impacted by it as you. I, I conceptually like everything that what you just said proposed. Like, I in, really enjoyed that everything how it was sequenced and all of that it impacted me that's great but ultimately like i don't know these high school and it's a comedy too it's like dark comedy but there's still so much comedy interjected into the movie that it's just not going to tip the scales too much 
Yeah. Mark, I'm just very brave. I've never even once been scared by a scarecrow while I was jogging in my own neighborhood that was up for a Halloween decoration and fallen all the way over. That's never even once happened to me. Dude, that's the opening scene from a horror movie. I can guarantee it. Really? I don't know. Probably. That happened to me before I moved into this house, but while I was still in the neighborhood, I was jogging the North End at like 630 on a tuesday morning or whatever and i was it's like october and i was jogging through and i just like kind of looking down and i looked up and i saw something and i jumped and i got scared and i fell over and then i picked myself up and cleaned up my skinned knee and it was a toy scarecrow decoration in somebody's yard nice did it, was there like an old man on a stoop holding a pitchfork laughing at you at the time <laughs> there was nothing of the sort there was me hoping everybody else was still asleep and running away as fast as i could Oh, okay. That's probably also the intro, sure. <laughs> that scarecrow uh, is now right outside your house, I'm sure. That's going to lead us into effects or judicious lack thereof, and I'm going to give it a six for effects. I think this is a good effects movie. There are bad scenes. Jake, you mentioned the rough green screen. Uh, there's some rough interjections uh, throughout the movie. Um, there's some also rough CG touch-ups, when I feel like touch-ups shouldn't be this bad. But on the uh, some of the, the gore scenes, it feels like there is very clearly well-made stuff with what you can see are not good touch-ups around it. There's also yeah. one scene in this movie that's like a blurry, slowed-down, like low-latency, bad frame rate kind of a scene. To get like, oh, here's stuff that's happening. And it was very bad. I hated that. It didn't work at all. Um, so it's a six for me. There's some good stuff, but there's some bad stuff too. Mark. I'm in the same boat. I think I, I, I gave it a seven. I think that like ultimately the effects do a good job of being in service of the movie. There weren't that many times that they took me out, even if they were kind of cheesy. The, the ones that I would highlight that we've already talked about were the weird night filter they put on the footage of the blue hole or whatever the thing is called the actual waterfall thing that they were Mel's filming. hole. You asked, I mean, that's not, not what it's even called. Mel's hole. Mel's it's, hole it's, was in Washington state, but okay. The blue Whatever. hole is the, in the New actual Jersey. waterfall. They were filming. They decided to put a night filter on it and CG it for some fucking reason. That was a problem. Uh-huh. Jake is mouthing words. Well, I, uh, there's uh, a whole lot going on over here. Don't worry about it. Okay, <laughs> cool. Uh, the other thing that we haven't really mentioned is that, the the whole black vomit pharaoh fluid stuff that she spits out it's Hershey's syrup and then they animate it to be like Ooh, magnetic fluid yeah oh yeah good point uh the black vomit good horror trope the way they play with it in this one where it's just like a hose fun practical effects kind of cheesy animating it using cg to turn it into a pharaoh fluid for no fucking reason at all Right. Weird Bad choice. choice. That makes Bad me choice. scientifically interested in it. Like, I want to know the properties of this. <laughs> I want, yeah. Hold on. Donate this to a material science lab. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, look, maybe Mark, maybe this is a neat pick. She might have tried. The scientists gave up on a bottomless hole in this town after a week. <laughs> Hold. You're gonna have to link us to this specific part of the 21. It's too hour far north. No, 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 no. They said that in the movie. This was Amanda Seyfried narration in this movie. Oh, 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 oh. You're actually talking about the devil's kettle. They throw some oranges into it, and they're like, "Yep, they're gone. We don't know where." It's too far north. <laughs> That's it. They're gonna <laughs> no, spend no, no. their time trying to figure out <laughs> how to give that let's land. Let's go back, back and spend our efforts trying to make better cheese. They're gonna try to give the land to Canada. Is what they're gonna do. <laughs> <laughs> Tricked you out, Jack. <laughs> Fuck yeah. There's a mill hole on this land. <laughs> Good luck. Jake, Jake tells me. Jokes, on you. Gave it Jokes a on you. I gave it a seven. <laughs> okay. 
for almost the same reasons, we're very much on the same wavelength tonight. Mark, boys. Uh, I forgot to mention the musical score. Also very high. That yeah, goes into effects. It is. For the, yeah, it's a good point. For the purposes of this movie, it is phenomenally well What other well purposes fit. could there be? I, I don't like this music. I just, like, it's not me. But <laughs> I can appreciate what it does for this movie and how it adds to that, it's like, consistency and coherence. Weird how you much have. you like Sum 41 and how much you Through? don't like this music. Uh, okay, yeah, have I ever said I like Sum 41? Yes. Mm, I don't think so. You were By extension of being friends with us, you have album. said it. No, I said Dookie is a near-perfect album. No, no, no. You said Dookie is a perfect album. You said Enema for the Enema of the State is fucking Blink-182, number one. Yeah, and I, that get, is I get those two confused. Album. I get okay. those two confused. I, I do like Blink-182 a lot. Yeah. They're better. That's what I meant. You didn't mean that. No, I really did. Okay. I, I mean, I like the other one better. I like Blink-182 better. I like Into Yes, Deep. they're a more holistically successful and prominent band. Is that true? Some forty one. They have a lot more that they yes. put out that is good. Okay. Some forty one has a couple really solid bangers. Yeah. Yep. So you like pop punk? Is all I'm saying. No, I like don't. Bangers. I you're, don't. You're the zombie guy in the pop punk. I guy. like Old Green Day. <laughs> I like Blink One Eight Two, especially Enemy of the State. I kind of like Enemy of the State, and I like fucking Dookie. Is what I like. You like pop punk? It's fine. No, they get weirder. Jack, like pop the, punk guy. Do you think? Do you think we should? We could find Jake. Uh, like a. Like a newfound glory vinyl record for his birthday. Oh man! I Do you think Bad Religion glory. has ever done the soundtrack for a zombie movie before? <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Yes, let's do that. Newfound Glory is the bane of my existence. When you start to get that like emo-y wail, oh, <laughs> fucking so, turn off. There's man. so many layers. It's not. I hate it. That's Billy... gonna take us to overall. Okay, yeah, I gave it a six overall. It's a good movie. Uh, it's not. As good its recent resurgence would suggest, but it is a good movie. Uh, I did enjoy watching it. It's um, I really want to see the version of this movie that wasn't ruined by studio involvement and want to see hours how long well director's cut. Do is like I want to see how well it would do without bad advertising. Mark, I gave it a seven. He said, reading it his own notes aloud and surprising himself. Um, <laughs> I actually couldn't remember where I gave the, where I landed on this thing and I where I, I gave it. it. Um, I, so the, the thing that I struggled with, was with this one was that I liked it a lot. I enjoyed it immensely. I don't know how well it will stand up on repeated viewings. And I don't feel like this is one like Hell House LLC or Your Next or whatever that is like literally in my once or twice a year rotation, even yeah. though I'm already watching a shitload of horror movies, I make time for them. Yep. This is one that like, I probably won't, I probably won't watch it for another couple years but then it's gonna pop itself back into my brain and i'm gonna watch it real quick and be like yeah this movie was awesome you know what i'm saying like you don't need to watch this movie that frequently but every three to five years that's probably the appropriate cadence definitely and other societal problems aside megan fox is smoking fucking hot sure amanda seafried is also quite attractive she is. She's. She's. Uh, she's. She's all vatted up in this. In this movie. She's. They really. Yeah, they. They really notified her, which is kind of an interesting. And then. And then immediately, like in in Mean Girls, they do the opposite. That whatever. <laughs> Jake. This is Jake a fun looks, segment. High. Jake looks distressed. <laughs> I'm part let's of this make, podcast. Let's make this a dedicated segment of our podcast where we just rate the attractiveness of wow, the stars. My God. Yikes. I gave it a Adam, six. Adam Brody oh, is also a. Hunk. I want to give a rating. I gave it a six and a half. For the love of God. 
I want to get out of here. I gave it a six and a half. I think it's a good movie. I agree with Mark's statement about how it's not an every year watch. I'm very happy to have seen it, especially after coming into it with not really high hopes. I guess low expectations are the secret to happiness, but or whatever they say, but, you know. Right? That's what depressed people Low say. expectations yeah. are the secret to happiness. I think that's somewhat someone says. I think Chris I'm... Pratt was way hotter than the lead singer of that band. Oh, yes. No. Oh, Chris Pratt is... One of your top ten hunks. You know what's kind of funny? There's a photo of Chris Pratt from when he was like, I don't know, maybe 20, that looks almost exactly like me. And that leads me to believe that I look like Chris Pratt. Show me this fucking so, picture. So, so listener, Mark, if send you're us out the, there and you don't know what I look picture. like, you should just picture Chris Pratt. <laughs> That's God. my guidance to you. At that point in time, he had 100 pounds. There's a picture of, of muscle. There's a picture of 22-year-old Clooney where he looks real doofy and idiotic. And he looks like you, or you're just saying? I'm just saying. Nothing. Men get handsomer. <laughs> Nitpick. Some men get handsomer as they age. Pratt and Clooney amongst them. <laughs> yeah, he was young and weird looking, just like me. <laughs> Yeah, re- you're very young. Do we recommend this movie? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thumbs up for me. You should thumbs see up. this. Hard, hard thumbs up. Because hard you have to, up. like, if for no other reason, then you have to be able to, like, understand its position in the world before its resurgence. Like, it's an interesting thing to be a part of. Um, Yeah. And a good movie beyond that. Like, I, I, I enjoyed watching this movie, and I think other people would as well. Thumbs up. Yep. Ha. Huh. And now you've just totally relinquished is what's happening. Let's get the fuck out of here. What do you Thank want me to you. say? Just, I want just, you to do it. Well, I was trying to get you to throw it to me earlier, and I, you wouldn't do it. So, so now I'm not going to do it, it for you. Give up America. My God. This is the end of the podcast. This has been episode 165 of the A to Z Whorecast. Check out everything we have going on. Head on over to A to Z Whore.com or come hang out with us on any of our social media channels. Those are Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And those links are going to be right down there in the description below. As Jack mentioned at the top of the podcast, if you like what we have going on, you're still here hanging out with us right now, you might want to consider becoming a Patreon member. We have a lot of cool stuff going on over there. If that's not something you're interested in, just can't swim the dough right now, that's cool too. We're just happy you're hanging out with us. We're going to keep making the same great content. Also, as always, the music that you're listening to right now has been coming at you by Super Bear. There are links down there in the description below as well. And next week, we're going to be continuing along with our picks, going to a Mark selection. And Mark picked the Love Witch. So we're going to check that out coming at you one week from when you hear this. Until then, get your buddies, grab some beers, and go watch some more movies. Have a great week, everybody. (laughs) Flows like water. It's like Tai Chi in podcast form.